Traveling the Vortex. Hijacked the TARDIS and returned from Omaha, Nebraska, landed at episode number 183. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? I have a question. Landed safely. I have a question. Safely? Safely, but slightly (laughs) delayed. Safely. How are you, Elmer? (laughs) (laughs) He's Daffy, you're Elmer. This is working out great for me. (laughs) It's, uh... Are bugs? (laughs) (laughs) If I was anybody, I'd be Sylvester. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm the little dog. Yeah, yeah, Spike, he wants us to go get the cat. We'll go get the cat, Spike. I see it's our piloting that landed us at Tuesday instead of Sunday night. Well, we got lost in the little vortex. Because does anybody know how to fly this thing? <laughs> <laughs> Dimensional stabilizers weren't quite on. Helmet regulator! <laughs> well, what did you guys do before uh, Omaha? Anything? I planned to go to Omaha. I watched Birth of a Nation. What is that? <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah. It's an old detail. The whole thing? The whole thing, believe oh it or not. Oh, my God. No, it took me three nights to finish it. But, yeah, the, it's a it's a, it's a a black and white, silent D.W. Griffith film. Oh. And it's basically, it's three and a half hours long. And it's uh, set up in the sense that it's, it's based on a play and a book called The Klansman by Thomas Dixon, I believe it is. And it's... Set up in, in such that it's, it's two parts, really. The first part is the lead-up and the events of the uh, Civil War, uh, mostly from the Confederacy point of view. And then the second part of it is the Reconstruction, following the Civil <laughs> War. And it's brought it's it's broken up into two acts, essentially, and very, it's two like very it's long like it's, acts. It's like most history classes. Yeah. <laughs> Just as long. There's that break at the Civil War, and then and the Reconstructions kicks off the next semester. It's a highly controversial film because when it came out, um, it was lambat. It, it critically successful. And, in fact, lots of people. It was actually a blockbuster success. It made millions. But it was lambasted by a lot of people, and especially like the NAACP and... Um, well, uh, what, because not, it's from the Confederate point of view, not necessarily because of that, because it is relatively actually, it's pretty historically accurate. In fact, D.W. Griffith was well, very. No there was so Well, the problem with it is, we well, the, here's what the controversy was: was that a lot of the actors played in blackface. Um, ah. There are only a handful of African Americans actually in the film, and so, uh, and it also, it, it, I say it's historically accurate. The second part of it in the Reconstruction does paint African Americans in a very poor light at that time, and it it really kind of it was felt that they were portrayed as as womanizers and 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 ignorant and and more so than they probably were. Um, but the film's making a point with that. Not that that excuses it, but that's that was the reason for it. It's one of those ones that's on my must see list because as a movie buff, I just I want to see everything, especially the critically acclaimed things. It's also been marked as a marvel in filmmaking, although it's it, it essentially dated or not dated itself. It essentially became obsolete a year or two after because it mm. employed so many things that filmmakers immediately after that went to, as far as pans, uh, wide, uh, you know, huge cinema, uh, cinematic uh, battles. Uh, irisine, all of these different things that we just take for granted in, in film yeah. today was immediately mimicked and copied 
following this film. But this was really kind of the landmark for for all of that. And so it's it's heralded as a as a masterpiece in the sense that it just it was the first film to really do a lot of these technological things as well. Hmm. Um, How long is it? Three hours, three and a half hours. Three and a half. And it was so James Cameron. It came out in 1915, so it's almost 100 years old. Wow. And but it's one of those ones that's always been on my list to watch because it because of its basically its history. And so I, I finally said, okay, I'll sit down and watch it. Well, I love silent film. Don't get me wrong. I mean, that's not one of those things where I trudge through. A lot of people just don't like it. They're turned off yeah. by it. Um, I love silent film. I love especially like the Harold Lloyds and, and, and Charlie Chaplin's and those. Um, it's <laughs> painted in such a way that it's so – they have these huge, long, drawn-out battle scenes mm-hmm. that it, it's, it is a lot to embark on. And so – and part of my problem is I was watching it late at night. And so I would get about an hour into it and then be like, okay, I just can't keep my eyes open. And it wasn't because it wasn't compelling or boring. It was just because I was so tired. And so I just I would give myself a rest, and then the next night I'd, I'd queue up where I'd left off. And so over the course of three nights, I watched this mammoth <laughs> film. Um, That's when you start supplying your own sound effects. <laughs> oh, it's remarkably remastered. It's actually in the public domain, but it has been re-released by various companies. And the last one that was was remastered was done really well. Oh, it was, I uh, think it was Kino, wasn't it? It, it was Kino, yeah. That's the version that I watched. And it's actually uh, preceded by a uh, sit-down with D.W. Griffith, I think it was shot in the 1930s or 40s, with sound. And he sort of explaining some of why he did the movie. And it's done in, in an interview fashion. And then in the middle, in the break, he does it as well. And it's they, they've redone some of the title cards to a point. They've cleaned it up a bit. It's not much you can do with cleaning it up. but And that was another thing. is It was one of the first films to use, uh, I think Metropolis did this as well, but one of those first films to use the different color tinting for the different scenes. Oh, okay. So the battle yeah. scenes are all done in the red tint. And night scenes are done in blue tint, and home scenes are done in the gray and sepia. And so I did so that. So Birth of a Nation worth watching because it's you know, one that I've never seen. Again, it's it's an important piece. And now, was it the greatest film of all time? No. Was it one of the best films of all time? No. Was it a good movie? Yeah. It's a it's a good story. It, it is. I mean, it's it's it is a tough three and a half hours to get through. And it's one of those films I'll probably never go back and watch again. But and and the other thing I should say is I had seen chunks of it. Anyway, over the years, because in fact, once it fell into the public domain, everybody used it for, you know, uh, documentaries and recreations and things oh, like that. Yeah. Because it was it was cheap to use, like Lincoln's assassinations in it, war you know wartime battles are in it. They'd, so a lot of people would farm it, use it for those kind of things. Um, it's an important film, and I think everybody, especially you, Sean, and well, and even you, I mean, we're so into film that I think it's it's an important piece of, of filmmaking history. Give yourself some time, though. <laughs> uh, the other thing I did was I, because I wasn't able to join the tweet along for Battle for the Planet of the Apes, I watched that this week as well, um, and it still remains on the bottom of my list really? as far as films. Yeah, uh, as far as apes films. Um, really? Yeah. The, the problem. Mel and I watched it tonight before we came over, and because um, we thought we've got to knock this one out so we can get caught back up before Rise and. It definitely suffers from being. You can tell it's a smaller budget. You can it's tell the it's, most ambitious. It's such I a think, small scope of the films. The yeah. problem is, the scope is narrowed so much that it it actually damages the plot of the film, because it's got some wonderful things with uh, Cornelius and um, uh, 
the other two guys, uh, McDonald, McDonald, and, uh, and uh, Paul Andy, Andy McDowell, <laughs> or not Andy McDowell, uh, uh, Paul Williams, Paul Williams, yeah. Going well, I forgot the city. what's in it until yeah. they started talking. Going went, into oh the city. <laughs> going into the city and uh, to look at the videotape evidence. It's a wonderful... The first half of the film is fascinating. Well, that's just it. It's a, it's a wonderful idea, but it's 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 narrowed down in such a scope that it's an in and out, and the surrounding near capture and fight scene is done in such a way that it's so it feels so low budget. That it, it, it really takes you out of the story, in my opinion. The city looks wonderful. The that, part didn't, that part didn't take me out of the story. It's when we get to the giant battle where there's not much story going on. That's the other problem. That's the biggest problem. It takes you out of the story because this really, for what it is, the slowest and for the moving school bus setup, in the history of slow moving The setup that it needs buses. to be, it needed to be this really big, epic battle. Yeah, and it's done on a shoestring budget, obviously, and it feel again still feels like a TV movie to me, is what it like from the seventies, not a TV yeah. movie today, because they invest a lot of money in TV movies now, but it feels like a nineteen seventies TV movie, and it's it's just so small scope that I can appreciate what they were trying to do, but it still falls way down. See, part of me of the tech feels like they tried to put too much in it to have Culp. And Aldo both be villains in this thing. It's them trying to juggle too much, and then in the battle, something gets lost. Well, in see, the, I in like there too. the idea of that. I, though, I that really you like have an antagonist in both camps, and you're struggling. Your your heroes are struggling against both sides. The problem is, you're right. It's there's too much because they're not fleshed. Each story isn't fleshed yes. out enough. Yeah, and then it gets lost in the battle and. You forget that Aldo is supposed to be a bad guy when they're fighting next to each other, and it's they had to unite. And it's I don't think he was at the battle. No, you don't I, see I was him. firmly you don't see that, that he had like run off because even asks, you know, we well, kind of uh, shows up there at the end. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah that's, that's that's the they run them off. But that, yeah, that's, yeah. that's just it. Is because I, uh, I forget Paul Williams' character's name, but he, he asks him, "Where's Aldo? Probably halfway to such and such by now." Yeah, and they oh, retreat back yeah, to the village right. and everything. And then once the once they beat him off, and okay, we're gonna. Right out of town. That's when Aldo shows up on the horses with all the gorillas going, ha ha, the guys claiming victory and shooting the already beaten down warriors. Right. <coughs> See, you know, I, maybe that's you're, also you're why right. I you think, just show up at the end there as though yeah. he's in the battle. Yeah. He's just pretty much over Virgil. by then. Virgil. Virgil. I, I love Virgil. I, I guess that's also why it feels like they could have done more with Aldo instead of having him disappear for the battle. Agreed. Agreed. Well, I think too much too much of it was spent on on the battle. Yeah, that's the problem. Too, too much time was spent on that versus fleshing some of the rest of it out. Which isn't which doesn't I don't feel aside from conquest, which has a big long battle sequence, but it feels so very different. It, the battle in this didn't seem like it meshed with the rest of the Planet of the Apes universe. Yeah, I'd buy that, but I, of course I also say the same thing about the one Conquest. That one doesn't almost feel like... Oh, it doesn't either. Yeah, but here's the thing is, the, all of the battles have been done on a small scale in all of the films. If you look back... Oh, that's true. The problem is, this one's supposed to be... This tries to be... This one's supposed to be epic, and we're still using that same template for the small battle, and it doesn't, it doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. I don't know. I just... This one... In my mind, I'd put this one in the middle of the road. I think this is probably the third most enjoyable uh, of the films. Because I, I like it. I, I don't like watching this one as much as I like Escape. But watching this one made me realize that realistically, Escape is the linchpin of the whole series. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, it it is. Really, yeah. Escape yeah. is so important. Wibbly wobbly timeline. All, all of the setup. But I like how this one goes back and incorporates. 
pieces of it. I like how it it, 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 it structures itself to kind of start that lead in process. It, it, tries, it really does try to tie itself it really, back to the you know, beginning it's, it's, more it's, than it's very else, well yeah. thought out to try and get back around to where they're going. And, and all of the little things that they did with that, including having the, 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 the scene there at the end where the guy convinces her that this must be revered. We must not you know, launch the nuke. And it's like, oh, well, I know where that's going. You yeah. guys are the... And Mel picked up on that. When, as soon as they showed the thing, she was like, oh, that's the nuke from the... And I was like, yeah. So, you know... I Which just, gets transported from the, San Francisco to uh, New York. That just occurred to me, not, not not just now, but it occurred to me the other day when I was it's watching these, that... The Heston films are on one coast, and the rest of the films are on the other coast. So at some well, point, they, they must really, have... They don't really specify in battle which coast it's on. Well, it if you're, they, they if you're mi- to take they, it... They could have migrated Well, if you're to take country. it from right after Conquest, we know it's on the West Coast. If we know that that's escape. the city... Or Escape. No, 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 no. Conquest. Escape is set on the West Coast. And escape Conquest, is, the, Conquest is set on the West Coast as well. We don't know that I'm, for sure, I'm certain that they, they, they make mention to that. Now, I don't think it's set in the same location because um, Khan and... <laughs> and I can't remember his name. Caesar. Uh, and Caesar show up, and they've, they've obviously been traveling for a long time. Yeah. Um, but I'm pretty so that sure that there's a the reference to where they're at. Pretty much. <laughs> The Forbidden Zone, yeah. Uh, let me see if I can find it on the tar- on the wiki. Okay, but yeah, I just there, there's so much of this one that they really for for being done on for being so ambitious and not quite getting there with the scale of uh, the scope of their battles. I think this one's got so much that works for it that ties the other films in to this big circular nature of what's going on. And I, I just I, I sat there because it had been a long time since I'd seen this one, well, and I remembered the ending, yeah. and I remembered some of the school bus, but I didn't really remember much else. So sitting down watching it was really fresh for me this time out, um, and then kind of going, okay, I remember this part, and then I was in a fog again because it's like, oh, this is all new. And I was like, okay, I remember this part. It was all new to me. It just it really feels like it's 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 the in, in, in a way it's the perfect capstone. For what they're doing. See, yeah, yeah, there's still problems. I disagree because I feel like they try too hard knowing this is going to be the last film. So we really have to make this be the, we have to push home the the, the catalyst of we have to tie kind of everything together. And it almost feels like they're trying too hard. I'm I'm a little like Keith. I think there's just too much in this film that they, if they could have just strung it out for maybe one more movie and gave us a little bit of the, flavor of this one and then and really kind of pushed home everything in the next one but realistically though i mean knowing where we get to with charlton heston in the first one it's better to end on the fourth one with well, Ace uprising i, 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 I would agree with that out and i would say, agree with that, that that's that's it i would agree with Th- that. this one's kind of trying to give us that 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 fairy tale of the good guy in yeah, right. where maybe we can live in peace. Which with also lends to the fact kind of that I feel like they're trying too hard. <laughs> maybe it's just because I like happy endings. <laughs> that, see, maybe I don't. That's why I, yeah, the that's, is my favorite <laughs> because it's such that it's that pentacle. Oh my god, they blew it up again, and now it's all over. And now we're gonna have apes go back in time. No, that's pretty much it. That's just... And then you go, no. How did the apes escape? They didn't show that. They did that off camera. Okay, but they really set up a cool timey wimey thing here. So I'll accept that. I'm the alpha. You're the omega. That's yeah. just the uh, way it's con- gonna be. Conquest is definitely set on the west coast. 
Well, and that's well, that the means city. Battle has to be yeah. as well, and that's the city that well, they go back into. Yeah. yeah. So uh, there's somewhere it, it they is, relocate it is, the nuke it is at some dropped point. That, that that it's the same city from Con- well we know it's the same city from Conquest somewhere in the movie I specifically remember them in Conquest identifying where they were and it was clearly it, it was West when uh, Armando takes Caesar to the city and they, I think they mention it there okay when when he's explaining the truth of what oh I of think the you're right stuff. I think you're right okay yeah that 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 certainly does I do recall that now. okay. So and, and I'm fine with that the two the dual coast because in my head canon they they have transported the or or they could be two different well, civilizations I, and I think that's what it is and I think that's why on the west coast we this works because you can have that kind of the way it went peace but we also had uprisings in other locations and that's why it, it's uh, there's such a different dichotomy on the on the on the east coast that things obviously went different. Maybe that's why they... I like how after the nuclear wars, the cities have been dissolved and the cars have melted and everything is broken, nothing works. But yet we all have matching hats. <laughs> <laughs> because as a post-apocalyptic society that's being irradiated constantly, I want a, I want cool headgear. Yeah. <laughs> There's a why great... did they stay in the city? I don't know. <laughs> okay. I'm glad I'm not the only one that was lost on that. And if you're constantly... Being poisoned by this radiation that's remaining in this city. Why don't you leave? Stubbornness. And then because you sent scouts out to find out where the ape camp was. <laughs> it's not like you're afraid to go out. Well, you kind of you kind of got that impression when they chased them. Out, Although they, they, they weren't they went, sure, they weren't you know. <laughs> they weren't entirely sure that the ape camps really existed. Yes, yeah, so. that's true. I, I always got the impression that they were afraid it was even more nuclear wasteland outside the the city than it was inside. Okay. I'll buy that. They have a There's vineyard a and food, and it's like. Yeah, you could have had that if you'd just gone up. <laughs> it was yeah, it was their surprise. Yeah, uh, there's a great website, um, ptoa.goatly.com. It gives a timeline of the events. Oh, I think of I've the seen entire that. You, uh, yeah, you uh, texted or uh, twittered me that. And so this even breaks down New York coast. And you uh, once it gets to uh, oh, so it does specify. You yeah. uh, you tweeted that out, and then you Florida went. Nobody coast. else look at this, but because <laughs> nobody else can see them. <laughs> it, it, it starts Florida coast, California coast, and then goes to New York coast. Oh, okay. Because Florida is where Taylor took off from. That's true. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's true. That's right. Yeah. It's really really well done. Concise yeah. and kind of breaks up what happens in between the films. Compared to she did, she did not well, like Conquest, we'll and she, she liked the production values of Beneath, but not much else about it. I don't put this one below the Burton films, so let's just put it that way. Uh, nothing's <laughs> below the Burton films. Film it has strong production. I still got to watch that before Saturday, though, because my intention was to watch all of the films in order. So. Uh, I, I just had to go pick it up. Still I don't struggling and debating. I guess you on have that. it, don't you? No, you never found it. That's okay. the one you I have it. Yeah. Bar- it's on sale on Blu-ray at Best Buy for seven ninety-nine. Oh, is that all? Uh-huh. Oh well, I'll pick it up. I'm a completist. There's a new box set too. It's a thinner box. I'll own the crap, but as it long as it's part of it. It's no, it's, part of it's, the, it's the original five, and I don't, you know, know, I don't I, know if it's the same. I wouldn't even. Either. I wouldn't even be compelled to buy it if the font wasn't the same. By the font. <laughs> <laughs> if they had done it in any other font, I wouldn't feel compelled to. To me, it's not the continuity, but it's still in the series. <laughs> if you're going to use the font, it's still in the series. That's, that's going to have to drop my down. problem. That's, that's, why why I that's why I mean, Rise and Dawn, same font. God, God bless them for doing that. Oh, that's. In fact, God bless them for doing that with the Tim Burton as well, because if you're going to at least call your movie Planet of the Apes, you've got to use that iconic Planet yeah. of the Apes font. So, 
I think it, it would have to drop way lower than seven ninety nine. Oh, eight bucks is manageable. Uh, maybe I need to go. I, honestly, I haven't watched it since the theater, so maybe I just need to go back. That's my problem. I, I haven't watched it since the theater. So. Having just watched it, what last year, it is a little. See, you did your watch through again last yeah. year, and you did include it. So that's my. Yeah. That's my. That's also where I'm coming oh, yeah, from. I is I. I want to get them all. I think once belt. every ten years is good enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's worth eight bucks every ten years. I just. I just impressed with the fact that you've got these five films. Oh, that's what. This is the other thing that I really like about this one is you've got these five films, and. It's very much a, a monetary decision. Hey, let's make another Apes film. Yeah, we made some money. Let's make another Apes film. I wonder if we could still make some money. Like, you want to make another Apes film? Okay. And you kind of get that sense that as they went on, that they're just throwing... Yeah, <laughs> let's, let's, do let's, it? let's do another Apes film. I think you're being... But they ton- you're being together That's really just well. it. You're being tongue-in-cheek about it, but it's a, hey, let's do another Apes film... I think hey, we've still got a story to tell. Let's do another Apes film. I think the creators hey, we've got another story to tell. Oh, yeah. Let's do another Apes film. Because I think uh-huh. the story, what, what you like Jacobs. about it, is still there. There's yeah. an element of it that you can still continue to build on the story. There's a lot of story to be told between A and B. So Arthur P. Jacobs, or, until his death, or, was or a big X champion for it. And that's why also there was a, the TV series and then the cartoon shows well, because he didn't want thing is he didn't I want it to die. Yeah. I want those. I, I, I want them. I want to see them. I want to watch those because I still haven't done that. I'd like to sit down and watch. I've seen, I think I've seen a few of the TV show years ago. I remember it vaguely. I mean, see, and I, I watched it on the ones that I saw. I watched uh, when TBS did their huge Planet of the Apes week, and they would just do like film after film after film after film, and then they would pepper in some of the TV series. <laughs> they never did any cartoons. See, I, re- I remember watching an episode or two of the series when it was on, probably in reruns. I don't think I was around for the originals, but. Um, and having not seen the films, so it was just a matter of, huh? Talking what apes, you know. And it, it should have intrigued me a lot more than it did, but I think I was so lost that. See, when it was on TV, I was familiar enough with the films to know that. Yeah, I hadn't seen any of those until way later. But seventy four was when it came out. I definitely caught it in reruns. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I watched the first couple of episodes, and it's kind of rehashing so far. I kind of got distracted or. <laughs> frustrated a little bit with it. <laughs> Just not the same, and even though it does have Roddy McDowell in it. So that's what makes me... That's the point of it. That's like, maybe it's worth watching because Roddy's in it. He's so good. Yeah. He's so good. Um, Again, watching him in this one is just... Wow. I don't think I watched anything else this week. I, I, I suppose I should talk about my part of the vacation before we get to British Fest because it's technically not the same. On Thursday night, we left and drove to Omaha... And we stayed overnight in our nice uh, business suite that we got at the Conry, which was really nice. Having separate bedrooms from kids is wonderful. Um, you don't hear them toss and turn or tap you on the shoulder because they want to drink a water. Um, do they still do that? No, the little one does. Um, so <laughs> we drove up that night, stayed overnight. We did. Uh, what did we do Thursday? I think we got there late enough that we just kind of hung out in the hotel room. Um, you didn't hit the TARDIS pool? We did not hit the TARDIS pool that night. We, were, we got there. Well, let's see. We left at 5. No, we left almost at 6 and didn't get there until almost 9. So, mm. Mm. Um, But uh, the next morning we got up and went to the Henry Dorley Zoo, which the kids love. Mason actually got tired and burned out, but Holly and Caitlin absolutely love. And, well, this was Caitlin's oh, this was her second time. And it's just animals in cages, but I had fun, I guess. Um, but uh, I thought you were a big proponent of the zoo. 
No. Oh, no, no. You're not a big proponent of Oh, no, no, no. I don't like, I don't like animals that much. I, I, <laughs> He's not an animal person. <laughs> I'm not. And here's the thing is... You are such a grumpy bear. I, I appreciate... No, this isn't that's, not, that's nothing to do with grumpy. It's ironic that we use the word bear. I, I, number one, I think it's it's. <laughs> what did the puppet show call him? A grumpy old man. Well, number one, I think it's it's oh, mean. Very, very, I, there I think one. it's mean that number one, we have animals in these small enclosures so that, that people can strictly look at them. And you can point to all the conservation efforts and things which the Henry Dory Lee do, do does do, and I appreciate that. However, it is still animals in confines and not in the wild where they should be. And I'm fine with. Maybe open plains con- conservation areas. If they, they, even if you, I, I don't even think we should be driving through those just to look at animals. But I just, I, it bugs me that we lock up animals and, and for our own enjoyment. But so I, I love animals in that sense. I just don't love going and looking at animals. Yeah, sure. There's very okay. little interesting to me to see an animal outside of its natural habitat. And there are zoos that attempt. They do their best to attempt to put animals in their natural habitat, but. Henry Dorley Zoo included, when you go see a cat in a 8x10 cage with a couple of, um, you know, uh, limbs and, and branches just thrown in there, it, that's not their natural habitat. And it's not, I can marvel at the beauty of the cat, but I, in the back of my mind, I'm like, I, I wouldn't want to be this tiger. I'd yeah. want to be a tiger on the plains of the savannah or in the jungles of India. So, so that bugs me, but... <laughs> The kids love animals. Holly likes to go to zoos, so we went, and I and I enjoyed myself. I wasn't grumpy bear. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't, you know, slush around going, oh god, I can't wait till we get out of here, you know. Uh, and it, it's it's another thing that when I was single, I wouldn't have gone to zoos very much because I wouldn't have enjoyed myself. But oh, when you have yeah. kids, you enjoy things through their eyes, gotcha. so it's a lot better. And so that makes it enjoyable to be spending time with the family, doing things that they enjoy doing. Um, they've got the. <clears throat> petting zoo which they like to do they've got the boneyard uh, i could say boneyard it's this little excavation thing where you move sand and there's dinosaur bones you know <laughs> dug in there there's a carousel there's all kinds of stuff so so we did that most of the day and then friday night got my little map out and my fazoli's uh gift card from sean <laughs> for my birthday and we went to a fazoli's and we had fazoli's that night and fresh breadsticks all night long <laughs> <laughs> and then we went back to the hotel, and I think we just watched some TV and went to bed because we were tired from the zoo. The zoo does it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a big, it's zoo. big zoo. I'll skip British Fest because that's what we did most of that day. Uh, Saturday night, we went to the amazing – this was kind of a kid's trip is what this was. We went to the amazing pizza machine, which for anybody that doesn't know what an amazing pizza machine is, think of Chuck E. Cheese and then take it times 20. <laughs> it's huge. Uh, it's a pizza, well, I'll use this word loosely, pizza buffet. Um, however, they had like tacos and chicken strips. And, I mean, just every kid-friendly item on the menu was there, pasta. Maybe. The the food was not good. <laughs> it was edible, but it was not good. Um, but the arcade more than makes up for it because this has, you know, video games and skee-ball and, you know, the basketball hoops and all that stuff. And it's also got rides, so there's one of these. Uh, the only thing that I can think of that I can equate this ride to is, I think it was called the Rock and Roller Coaster when it used to come through in, uh, like, uh, traveling carnivals. Worlds of Fun had 
one, and they may still. It's the one that's circular. It's it's just oh, but a it circle. Does but it does up yeah, and down yeah, yeah. on the hills. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, so it goes in a circle, about. and then they go backwards. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's that. Um, and then they have uh, bumper cars, which these bumper cars are really cool because they're. It's not electric at all. It's all uh, battery powered. But they're these big kind of large circular cars. The inner tube ones. With inner tubes, yeah. yeah. And you drive around and bump into each other. Um, they had go-karts. They had laser tag. Laser tag, unfortunately, was extra, but we went ahead and played. We went ahead and painted blade. Um, just it, all of this stuff. And it just it was an enjoyable evening. And we, we went expecting to spend two hours because we got, we got deals for the kids where you got unlimited games and rides for uh, 90 minutes. And we ended up, be, of course, laser tag took a little while, but we ended up being there. We thought we were going to go for like two hours. We ended up being there for almost five hours. Oh, wow. Yeah. So uh, lots to do. Lots to do. And then Holly and I, you know, we, we did another deal. And then the nice thing is the deal we did also included their buffet. So we got a deal that included a buffet and some games on a card. And everything's, you know, point-based. You slide your card through. Yeah. Sounds like power play. Uh, yeah. yeah. So we did that. And then we went back. And the kids swam that day uh, beforehand. And then we went back. That night, went to sleep, and then the kids got up, and Holly got up and went down to the pool the next morning. So we got two. I, I didn't swim, but they got two sessions of swimming in gotcha. uh, both days, too. So, And then we got in the car and came back. We ate at a place called, um, apparently they're all over in Nebraska, Sat Brothers, and there might even be ones in Kansas and other places. Uh, we had a place called Apple. Oh, I Sat Brothers, that's the one with the big... Uh... <laughs> Tea kettle. <laughs> yeah, the gigantic coffee yeah, pot yeah. thing. There's out one outside Junction City. Yeah. Um, apple, I almost keep saying barrel, but it's not apple barrel. It is apple barrel, because I was thinking, I get, get confused with cracker barrel. It's apple barrel. It's it's kind of a quaint, almost truck stoppy restaurant, but they're inside the main, you know, the big convenience store that just has everything that you could possibly want, you know. The truck stop. The kind. truck stop kind of places with the naked women silhouettes that you put on your mud flaps. And, um, but, in just about every reflector you ever see. Now seen we know what Glenn goes to the truck stops yeah. for. <laughs> uh, but right in the middle of these things, and I and the only reason I noticed this is we stopped at another one to use the bathroom halfway back, is this just this quaint little restaurant with diner menu items. And but there, it was re- it, it, like truck stops are they're always on the the restaurants are always on the edge of like divey and gritty yeah. and dirty. These are really nice, clean restaurants. Really bright, lots of lighting, really good food on the menu. Um, the waitresses or the, the servers, very truck stop servers. All, every one of them that I saw, but uh, you just you know that that, that they have that charm, <laughs> that certain charm. That truck stop charm, um, but really that, that good flavor. food. Yeah, that flavor, <laughs> but really good food. And uh, we came back, and we were back on uh, Sunday night. So very nice. cool and exhausted. Yeah. I'm done. <laughs> did you guys do anything else this week? I did. Did you? I did. I didn't do as much, so I'll go next. Okay. Um, well. jumping, jumping back to Planet of the Apes real quick. We will be doing the next Looks with Friends <laughs> on Saturday. This Saturday, July 5th, 11.30 p.m. Central Daylight Time. Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Rise of the Planet of the Apes. See Not the Tim Burton Planet of the Apes. No. The good one. The good one. Uh, I worked Glenn Shift all week because he was off. Uh, wa- uh, finished West Wing, finally. It ended good, but didn't feel like an ending. It's almost like it's a show that could have, like, Law & Order just kept going. When, isn't, that, isn't it that they, they wanted to go on, but... I don't know. They, I, don't, I didn't it, really look as much into the The execs background. kind of felt they'd played themselves out. And that could be. The, the ratings were, were 
dropping, and so well they had a new they had an opportunity. Come in, didn't they they they, they had a new what uh, within the the confines of the show they had an outgoing president and an incoming yeah, yeah. administration. That, that's how the that's how the show ends. Is the guy who's been president for the past seven seasons? It ends with his uh, the new guy's inauguration. Oh, okay. I thought it was like in the middle of that last season, and it, they did it, one it, season it, of the new people. The last se- well, you follow the campaign going uh, to the I new gotcha. presidency, getting the Democratic nomination. Spoilers, he doesn't win. <laughs> Bartlett was done with Bartlett was done. It was his second term. Yeah, spoilers, he, he doesn't win. Oh, he was in his second term. Two, I, second seven years. Okay, yeah, terms. right. Uh, yeah. So I got gotcha. It kind of would have been really... He couldn't have won. He couldn't have he won. Couldn't run. <laughs> it, it would have been... I kind of wish it would have gone eight years because it would have been really interesting either at the end or the beginning to see the staff deal with being in the White House for their first year. Because you come in at the first season, it's like their second year into the White House. Established. Yeah. And so you don't see them finding their feet. I thought that would be really interesting to see, but unfortunately we didn't get it. Hmm. Even if that would have been the new administration, I think that would have been neat to see because there were a lot of character carryovers into yeah. the new administration. Anyway. Well, like I say, from what I remember, it was one of those shows that I, that I don't think they really wanted to end. But because of circumstance, yeah, and so they did close the show. Yeah, out. yeah they did. They but I think that's why there's a lackluster ending because well, they really kind of were pushing for more up until the eleventh hour. It's kind of a they set, they set up a world where obviously the, the world doesn't end because he doesn't is no longer president. We followed his presidency while he was in the background. Maybe the last season and a half, he was still there, and it was fitting to go out on him. It just. Felt like, oh, I want to watch more now. Yeah. Afterwards, uh, other than that, watch the way way back. Oh, how was that? I really enjoyed it, and the, and the more I think about it, the more I enjoyed it more. Um, it's this this won't mean anything to you, but for you, it's Perks of Being a Wallflower meets Little Miss Sunshine mm. because it's more focused on the awkward boy aspect of, from mm-hmm. Perks of Being a Wallflower, but has that kind of Little Miss Sunshine feel to it. I loved Little Miss Sunshine. I think so. you'll really like it. It's it actually was directed by Jim Rash, and that what's his face? Jim Rash is the dean from Community. Really, Oscar award winning Jim Rash. Yeah, they won a uh, best writing. I had no idea for The Descendants. Oh, the Clooney film. Yeah, I they wrote that, that too. So now I want to go see. They wrote and directed this, and then they wrote that one. He's multi-talented. He is multi-talented. And he has a role in it, too, and does a pretty good job. Um, Sam Rock- way back? Yeah, in the way, way back. Uh, Sam Rockwell, phenomenal. <laughs> it's one of those great roles that you watch it and you're like, yeah, that's why I liked it, Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell's good in everything he does. <laughs> yeah, really. He's, just, I haven't he's seen so much fun to watch. Uh, <laughs> ironically, Allison Janney's in it, who has a huge role through in all of West Wing. Uh, and <laughs> is really great in it. Um, Tony Collette did a good job. Steve Carell is really unlikable, so it's kind of weird to watch him in a movie where you don't like him at I'm gl- all. I'm, I'm glad to see him take roles like yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a nice change of pace, yeah. and he does a good job at it, too, which is really good. Yeah, so I, I, I would highly recommend it. <laughs> I really liked it. And, and like I said, the more I think about it, the more I liked it. Um, yeah. I think I came in on that um, somewhere. I don't know if we, it was on one of the pay stations or something. And I came in and I watched a small chunk of that. Yeah. And, and from what I saw of it, it looked really good. For those that don't know the plot, it's this kid whose parents are divorced. And he and his mom goes with her boyfriend and her daughter 
to his summer house. And so they spend the summer, uh, I guess it's New York somewhere, on the coast. And so New he, England somewhere. Yeah, New England somewhere. So he ends up bumming around and then eventually getting a job at a water park. And he's very awkward and very weird at first, but then finds himself through working at the summer at the winter, water park. So it's a, re- it's a really well-written and well-crafted story. And actually watching the bonus features, they wrote this like eight years ago before they ever wrote The Descendants. And it was the Oscar clout that let them make this film. Huh. So that's kind of neat to see them uh-huh. going back and doing uh, their, their passion project. It's odd because if you replace um, New York or East Coast coastline with middle of Kansas mall and oh, water no. park with video store, that's my <laughs> that's life. <your> life. <laughs> so. I think you would really relate to it, John. <laughs> Uh, and then, <laughs> wait, who's the unlikable one? That's also me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> uh, and then the other, only other thing, um, Sarah started uh, finally after me prodding and somebody at her work prodding started watching Buffy. She's now like seven, six episodes in. Oh, wow. She started it Monday night. Oh wow! Or no, Sunday night. We watched. I watched the first episode with her Sunday, the second episode with her Monday oh, wait, night. Two last days night. ago, Sunday night. Yeah, two oh days my ago. Gosh. And she's seven episodes. I, she would be further. At, well, she has Tuesdays off, yeah, so she probably had most of the day. She she watched like four episodes today. Oh wow! If I hadn't told her don't watch the episode Angel without me, she would have continued on. Because that's because I'm going back and kind of watching some with her and. Watching some that I want to rewatch to refresh myself, like I skipped the first, the second, and the third episode, quote unquote, third and fourth, depending on how you view it, because the premiere is a two-part, you know, episode. And then watched one that she watched this week or today because it is part of the arc, so I'm I'm making sure I'm familiar with everything too. Season one doesn't hold up as well as I remember. <laughs> yeah, I think that was Will's problem. Will tried because Will had multiple people tell him, "You need to watch you, it. You need to watch it. You need to watch the, it." The he watched was, most of season one and gave up. Oh, see, that's the problem. You got to get past season one. Yeah, it's in it's in season pretty much the start of season two is where I fell in love with all the other all the characters, and that's and that's what I keep telling Sarah. Is it? And as she goes, it's growing on her. As she's watching, it. see, I think I need to get over the stigma of it because I feel like there's a gigantic hole in my Joss Whedon. Because I've not seen any of Buffy or mm. Angel or, you know, I mean, obviously I've seen Firefly and Dollhouse. And Dollhouse but um, <clears throat> You haven't seen his start. I haven't, well, I've seen the original Buffy, that actually a movie that well, he, that, he you got right. You got a leg up on uh, Sarah, she never saw the movie. But uh, I've seen one episode of Buffy and it was the musical. <laughs> Way now, in season six. Yeah. So <laughs> full props for them for being able to pull off a musical. Because on that level, yeah, it was amazing and enjoyable. Had no clue what was going on. And I'm well aware that, obviously, this isn't how the show goes every week. But <laughs> <laughs> catching that out of context, it's really... Plus, and then hearing everybody go, well, you've really got to get through the whole first season before it gets good. It's kind of like... Well, there, there's the, and rewatching <laughs> it, it's, it's, the thing is, it's cheesy. And it's very 90s. It just drips 90s. And drips '90s grunge, 
because it's so dark and trying to be a horror show. And it's like the music. It's <laughs> early WBCW. Yeah. <laughs> That's not that a strong too. point either, really. It, and it's yeah. like the first, the pilot especially. I, I'm watching, the one I watched actually before we recorded was Never Kill a Boy on First Date. And the music in that was more subdued, but the pilot in the second episode, so essentially the pilot, the music is so synth and so... <laughs> okay, I got you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> that era. Okay. It's, it's that era. And, and watching even four episodes later, it's subdued so much more and they have such a great handle on the characters. It, watching the pilot, it was kind of like, wow, this was rough. Jumping ahead to that, I was like, oh, this one, okay, this one's, that's what I start to remember of the show. So I'm looking forward to watching more with her. I saw up through most of the season, well, no, probably only about half of season four. And I, I remember thoroughly enjoying the first season, so it's strange that a I, lot of people say, get past the first season, you're okay. Well, it's, I, I I thoroughly enjoyed it all the way up until season four. Season four, where I thought it got bad, but see, and I, then see, I, heard, I disagree. Season six is where it gets bad. Well, see, I, season I, and I and I watched, off, the I watched is... off and on between see, season four and season six because I wanted to get back into it. So every once in a while, I'd catch an episode on W uh, or uh, it was CW or no, it was, it was WB, WB back then. and then UPN. Yeah, and then so so I, I'd watch it periodically there, but season four. I don't know. I just couldn't get invested. It wasn't like it got terrible. It just I couldn't get invested in the, the story. The weird line. thing with season four is it takes the shift. Is because that's maybe what I didn't that, like. That's about the it. thing. It's this weirdly transitional and oddly appropriate season because it's the first year in college, so things are changing, and it's it's also just such a great allegory for what you go through your freshman year of college too. It's uh, I I really enjoyed. Season Maybe it's four. because I didn't want to revisit my freshman freshman year in college. <laughs> Maybe that's it. I don't remember much of my freshman year in college, though. That's that's a whole other story. And I sort of had the same experience as you have, Sean. <laughs> when I when I first came to Buffy, was I was shown once more with feeling, <laughs> and then went back and started. And so Buffy fans, you know how all of us Doctor Who fans say, "Don't start people on blank." <laughs> that's, that, that's Buffy fans should example. never start somebody on once because more with feeling. I enjoyed it, but then I didn't enjoy it nearly as it's, much once I built my way up. It's there. meaningless it to really see is. it right out of the box. Same thing with, um, I think the first episode of Angel I saw was Smile Time. Yeah, the, the puppet, puppet episode. episode. You can't which do that. Is great. I had to skip a huge. I had to skip like a chapter because I had no idea what was going on in the story, and they didn't want to spoil me on something big, even though I wouldn't have remembered by the time I got there. <laughs> but it, 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 it's it's cool. funny. That's exactly how I'm kind of hoping some of our Doctor Who watching gets. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool to watch it, but it's, it's, it's it loses something when you don't have it in context. That's the reason we're waiting so long on Trocket. <laughs> You <laughs> want him to forget all about everything, even the name. What are we doing this week? I don't remember. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I think that trash can episode. Aren't we? Yeah, that's the one. I think that's all I. That's all I did. Sean. Um, well, we worked all the way up to um, Friday, <laughs> and then worked Friday, and then left work and. Packed everything up. You came and, up late on Friday. Yeah, we came up late Friday because we, we we both worked. I, I didn't get off till five, and so then we had that three hour drive up and excuse me. Um, so kind of checked into the hotel late. 
Friday night. But we, oh, for the record, the, it, he's right. If you take twenty nine and then go back to seventy five through Nebraska City, it cuts like a half hour. Oh out. yeah, you don't go through Nebraska. Yeah, you, you go, go. You, you go to the southwest side of, or southeast side. Well, of you hit that where the Sap Brothers is right there. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. It's on on uh, that's Iowa too. Iowa yeah. which, which oddly enough is not marked. There's no sign there that says 75 this way when you're coming back. Oh, no. You or just got to know to no, turn at the, you, at the you coffee pot. You're off and <laughs> well, but it'll, the, it'll be the, the it, I think it tells you it's the last Nebraska City exit. That's how I always remember it. Uh, I remember it with the coffee pot. So if they ever take down the coffee <laughs> pot, yeah, I'm screwed. Before we stopped to go to the bathroom and I knew there was another apple barrel there. But, um, so yeah, we got up late there that night and then... Um, yeah, always take that route, by the way. See, You've got about 20, 30 minutes off your... And, and before, we just went all the way up through 75, all the way up through Bellevue. Continue on two-lane highways and yeah. go through towns and yeah. take forever. Yeah. But um, we immediately jumped in the pool. That was kind of one of the goals, was just... <laughs> pool. Yeah. Okay, go. Um, and, and props, I, I, it, it took me most of the weekend, actually, to figure this out, because there was a big sign on it that said TARDIS Pool. And I just went, that's kind of lame. You couldn't come up with something cooler to name it than TARDIS Pool? You know what? Okay, whatever. And literally, it wasn't until we got ready to leave Sunday that I went, <laughs> they found the TARDIS Pool. I get it now. Maybe it wasn't intentional. Maybe they just named it the TARDIS Pool. But And I had explained it to Mel. It was like, oh, well, you know, because the pool moves around, yeah. and then it disappeared, and then supposedly they jettisoned it, and then it was back. And we're never really sure if there is a pool or not. So I, I, I took that as a I joke. sort of likened it, too. I, I got that as well. I thought the same thing. as, oh, it's the TARDIS Pool. It's cool. I also got it, the impression that in that scene in the Android, or not Android, uh, Invasion, Invasion of, time. of Time, where they run through the pool, go, that it's those old, like, style, plastic style deck chairs and everything. <laughs> yeah. And it, if you don't, yeah, went to don't look at the window it. side, look at the other look side, the other without side. the windows, and it's what it is. If there were potted plants in there and a <laughs> yeah, weird exactly. statue, it would have been the exactly. Paris pool. Well, we just needed a Suntaran to come running through and trip on one of them. That would have been. <laughs> and nearly fall in the pool. <laughs> and nearly fall in the pool. He didn't ever made it out of here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so we went and got in the pool and had a glorious 15 minutes of... Uh, <laughs> I was surprised the pool closes so late. It's like 11 o'clock. It's 10. Oh, is it? T- oh, and, that's and, right. And, it opens at 7. Opens at oh, that's seven. insane. Yeah, yeah. 7 to, oh, seven I, to I, 10. That's I can understand that. Early morning swimmers for but, exercise. Uh, I, I've never been to a pool that opened before 9 a.m. at a hotel. Oh. Never. Yeah, but uh, so yeah, we, we we jumped in and had a glorious fifteen minutes, and as the weekend went on, it closed earlier and earlier. <laughs> oh, it did. Yeah, oh. we walked past one time; it was closed at like nine thirty. Oh, I don't know why like, they did that huh, because okay. their their thing stayed seven to ten every day. And maybe they were tired of some of us. I don't know. <laughs> but like um, night swims. Yes. So um, and every time I get in the pool, all I can think of is Neelix in the pilot episode of Voyager. Being immersed <laughs> in water is wonderful. <laughs> There's just something about it, you know. So we, we did that, and then we came back down, and um, I told Mel I wanted to hit the Brits on Friday night, um, the band that they had playing there. So that was kind of the one thing. I was like, I really kind of want to see these people. And they were good. They don't know that they really I heard them. emu... Yeah. <laughs> From my hotel room. You, you could hear them... <laughs> on the seventh floor. <laughs> yeah. Oh, geez. Well, here's why. Because we were above where the uh, patio area is, the, the beer garden area, where you can go outside and drink. And oh. what happens is that door is always open, and so it carries out and up the side of the building. And we were right yeah. above it, so we could hear that. But it wasn't distracting or too loud. It just I could, I, in fact, it was loud enough that I could identify most of the songs there, <laughs> and, and and pretty good. Well, they're good songs. Well, yeah, two, three in a row that were Beatles songs. So um, their, their their goal supposedly is to be able to emulate 
the British sound, and they do the Beatles and Herman's Hermits and the Rolling Stones and pretty much anybody from that, that invasion. British invasion. Yeah. Um, and while there were a couple songs, it's like, well, you don't really sound like like I've seen like Beatles cover bands like Liverpool, yeah. who's really really good yeah. and sounds like the Beatles. I don't think they had that, but they knew how to play them and they did them well. And that was really all I cared about. So yeah. um, they were good. They were very enjoyable. And we went up with James there, and they had a whole dance party thing going on and people in the, we figured out later that they were the Spice Girls <laughs> but there was a woman wearing that Union Jack dress mm-hmm. and gargantuan boots and everything and you know I just thought she was really excited to come to British Fest <laughs> it turns out there was a whole gaggle of them doing the Spice Girls thing it shows how familiar I was with the Spice Girls <laughs> it wasn't until I saw them all together that part of my brain went oh, I think I remember that <laughs> Um, but James made a comment. He says, you know what we really, they need here is they just need some guy to show up with the, the big gigantic stovepipe to pop up and go. <laughs> <laughs> like and that was what was needed for that. It was a fun night. Uh-huh. Um, I won't talk about British Fest, but then... Um, well, we will, but eventually. Well, we will, eventually. Um, Sunday, after we left the con, we went... Uh, of course, we had... I'd say, let me one other thing in here. We did Fazoli's... When did we do Fazoli's? Keith, Saturday. was that Saturday night? Saturday night. So we got our Fazoli's fix, you guys did some Fazoli's which was awesome, <laughs> as usual. Where'd you go? Did you go the one up there northwest? By the hotel. That's the one closest to the hotel. Yeah. yeah. You go north 80, and then west yeah. over Cass. 80-something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then we went to Half Price Bookstore. And then we did go to the Half Price Bookstore to walk well, off our uh, walk off our Fazoli's. They're gently solicited detective agency, which I had not been able to find before. Have you read it yet? No. And I got a Batman graphic novel. <laughs> written by Neil Gaiman. Yeah, yeah. I had no idea there was yeah, such a thing. Yeah. I was like, Neil Gaiman wrote Batman? Yeah. He wrote okay. Yeah. So it's, I have it at home. I'm now looking it's forward on your to pile. it. Now it's on my pile. I can't remember what it's called, though. Uh, whatever Happened to the Dark Knight. That's what it was. Yep. And um, so we did that, and then we came back, and then uh, Sunday um, we went. <laughs> <laughs> we went on an adventure. Well, it was just, the adventure started Saturday night. <laughs> Darn Didn't names. it? Yeah, in an attempt to find the... Because uh, we, we, we left Fazoli's to go find a half-price bookstore. Well, apparently there's only one half-price bookstore. It's the one that's over by Krypton Comics. So I was like, okay, well, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> so... I nope. let Sean navigate. He let, he let me navigate, so they're following us. Because so my that, phone was dead. That was probably mistake number one. <laughs> I've got Mel on the phone. I used Surrey all weekend, and she hit every spot correctly. Well, it's not that I don't, I don't blame the yes, phone. Yes, Chrissy, you heard that right. I, I, don't, I don't blame the phone. The phone was not a problem. But Mel, Aside from I, her I, average I, GPS navigation issues. I, 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 I'm, I'm not going to blame Mel. She, she was navigating, and I was driving. <laughs> and she said, okay, you're going to get up here and turn off on the right. And I said, okay. And I saw an exit, and I went, oh, it must be this one. Without... Waiting for her to confirm, yes, this is it, or no. In this case, it happened to be no. So it was, I got okay, off we're going to get off of the next thing. Oh, here it is. Yeah, I, I, well, I, I, I did one of those. getting off the highway. It was, we were trying to get on the highway. Well, we, we, we were on a highway, but we were needing to get to another highway, and I was supposed to take this thing, and instead I took this thing. So we got off, and so we realized. you did hard right instead of slight right. You got it. Yeah. So I get slight off, right, and, and, and Mel's going, 
And, and of course, immediately the GPS starts going and reconfiguring things because this isn't where we're supposed to be. And Mel's like, no, 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 turn no. Turn around. You, turn you, around. You, you, you got to get back on. And That's what my GPS is. Turn around. Like, you got to get back on. So I, I pull okay, it. It really doesn't, but it, if, you, the way it badgers you, you think. And it's it done. should be Brian turn blessed. Around. Yeah. <laughs> no, wrong. Go back. <laughs> Dive. <laughs> turn. <laughs> We were, we were making that joke, actually, in the car. So, I'm at the mall. I was like, oh, hey, look, it's the mall. It turns out this isn't the mall we were looking for anyway, but, uh, you know, it's, I'm at the mall. It's a mall. You know how malls are. They've got those weird... Oh, how are malls? You know, you've got that weird funnel everybody in, but you can't get out kind of thing, right? It's kind of like funneling back, into the uh, roundabout. Yeah, and back me up on and this. That yeah. intersection is a bad that, that intersection. That intersection was very confusing. Okay. So I don't think I you're quite the, it correctly, but... The, the, I knew the highway's over here on my left. <laughs> it's one of those, I can see where I need to go, I <laughs> just can't that, get that, there. I can't get to the left. I can see the highway off to the left. I get to the bottom of the intersection, which is the mall, and there's a road. So I turn left onto the road, and we're going down the road. And Mel's looking at the GPS going, uh... And it's about that time James says, I think this is a one-way. <laughs> and I look up, and sure enough, this is the... Off ramp, oh, it's the on ramp, or the on, 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 the on, on, on ramp to the highway to to. for the other direction, and there's two sets of cars. <laughs> <laughs> so so right I pull really hard left and pull into this little offshoot thing, and Mel's screaming, "No, no, no!" Because another car is coming up the off ramp. <laughs> <laughs> so, there I am behind them. Now, <laughs> <laughs> this is the funny part of the story. Wait, you weren't even in the same car? You were no, the they were in their oh, car. Man. The three of us were in ours. They were in theirs. And Keith just blindly, no, 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 no. Oh, wow, look, traffic. <laughs> oh, turn around. <laughs> so we did a Yui. <laughs> we, we did the dreaded GPS Yui. <laughs> turn around and go the other direction. And got back out and then got on the highway. And everything was fine from there. To be fair to you... It was a bad intersection. It was, it was, bad, it it was, was not. A very bad it was not marked properly, in my opinion. But I, I may have been a little overzealous <laughs> in my turn. We went down to the old market neighborhood uh, before we went to dinner. Well, they were kind of chilling and whatnot. And I nearly turned the wrong way on a one-way street down there. Did you really? I almost did. I caught myself in time and and turned and got. Well, when we, were, when we were leaving Old Town, I wanted to stop because of that water thing that they well, had yeah. down there. there. So much of Old Town is one direction, then you're yeah. not sure that you have to pay really close attention. Until you get sign, up on it. Because the signs are pretty small. Yeah, I, when we were leaving, oh. I was going to turn up and go on the... Same, talking about Old Town, I forgot something we did. Go, go to the water feature, because I thought, well, we could stop and I could take a couple quick pictures. And I almost did this, and then realized, nope, that's a one-way. <laughs> I'm just going to keep on where I'm just going to let that go for now. So uh, then we went to Half Price Bookstore. Um, and then Sunday after we left, we went down Old Town, uh, which Old is market. Old Market, pardon me, uh, which is just this, kind of this cool, you know, area of, of downtown uh, Omaha. Did you guys go down there? No, we, uh, Old Town reminded me that we went to the uh, uh, Bob Carey pedestrian bridge on oh, Friday. Oh, I saw oh, your pictures. Isn't that yeah. cool? It is cool. It's just a big uh, walking bridge. It's this gorgeous it bridge. It is, and, and we went down there Friday night after the zoo. I forgot about this. And... Uh, they have what the, the the city does four weeks called something called bridge beats, where they have uh, bands out there and they're just I think they're just local bands and they play. Uh, oh, cool! Late into the night and so we went out there. Uh, walked are they up. actually on the bridge or are they on the? They're that, on that, that little that uh, where you know where the splash park is down there. Yeah, yeah. They turn that off and, and everybody okay. sits there on the lawn because it's kind of 
angled it's up. Bowl shaped, yeah. And uh, <clears throat> excuse me, they uh, yeah they had a nice little band there. It was called something Legends. I can't remember the the first part of the name, but they they played classic rock. They played just all kinds of classic rock. It was really nice. But when we got there, we first walked up on the bridge. Of course, we had to get pictures of the kids, you know, standing in two states at one time because it, the the it bridges the Missouri River. And on one side of the Missouri River is Iowa, and on the other side, the side you're on, is uh, Nebraska, obviously. And they have a line right in the middle of the bridge that marks Nebraska and Iowa. And you can stand on one side and then the other and then put both feet in two states. And that's kind of fun. The kids did that. Then Why we, does that amuse us? I have no idea. And then we, cause, cause the I last was thinking time, that as we were up there taking pictures, and I thought, you know, nobody's going to think we're weird because everybody, everybody thinks everybody that's cool. I don't know why. I think it's cool. Everybody does it. Sarah uh, and I did it the last time we were in that. Then we while. walked back down there and, and sat and listened to band for, oh, we were probably only there about an hour, but listened to several, a set, until they broke for uh, a break. And then we left and came back. I forgot. I, I completely forgot we did that. They have a really cool, well, it's a really cool place. Here's the, uh, the thing that made me think about it was your traffic stuff, actually, because we were driving down, I think it's Cass, we were leaving Fazoli's, and we were driving down Cass, and we drove by the uh, University of Nebraska at Omaha. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, we passed that, too. <laughs> yeah. did, you, did you later pass the statues of the bison chasing the geese? Oh, uh, I didn't see that. Did you see, see that? that one? Oh, that was pretty. Oh, I think that was on cool? the same street. Yeah, it was well, a beautiful stretch. Well, here's yeah. the thing is, we were driving, and we knew this concert thing's going on, and we'd been on and seen pictures of the previous weeks, and we were like, there's really, I mean, there were maybe 100 people out there. That was mm-hmm. it. And we thought, that's perfect, because you don't have a hard time finding a spot, blah, blah, blah. So as we're driving by the uh, University of Nebraska at Omaha, we... I, I knew we weren't close, but we kept seeing all these people carrying lawn chairs and walking on each side of the road, and they were headed. And we were like, "Well, they're going to where we're going, are they? Why are they walking so far away?" And then it occurred to us, and we had seen this online. Memorial Park. This was their big concert. They had Blues Traveler. Oh, uh, they had. Uh, I didn't know that was going on that uh, weekend. Was it Matchbox Twenty? Was one of them? I don't remember. Any several late nineties uh, bands. That you could go to Memorial Park, and which Memorial Park is actually kind of cool. And we drove right by it and could hear the band. But it's really cool because Memorial Park has this hill, this huge upslope hill that was just packed full of people on the on the hill. And then at the base of the hill is the band shell, and that's where the bands were playing. And then at the end of that show, they had a big fireworks display. So as we drove past there, we were like, okay, good. You know, they're, they're not going where we're going. And we ended up going to our concert. When we, But I told the kids, I said, because they have a fireworks show after, I said, you know what? In, where that is in relation to our hotel, we're on the north side of the hotel. We'll be able to see those fireworks. Oh. And so when we got back to the hotel, we just opened up the curtains to the windows, and we all sat there and kind of waited. Of course, the kids would see like this firework go up, and they go, oh, they're starting. And I said, no, dear, they're going to be a lot higher than that. Because <laughs> we were seeing people doing work, right. you know, part, you know, uh, fireworks in the city. And so they'd come up a little bit more, and there'd be another one. It would be a little higher, and everybody would go, is that it? Is it getting ready to start? And I said, no, trust me. You're going to be able to see these fireworks. <laughs> and I don't think anybody believed me until they started going off, and then they went, oh, yeah, you're right. What were we worried about? Because they were afraid the skyline would be in the way. Because after they were I said, no, these will be up high enough. You'll be able. And so we sat and watched the fireworks from the hotel. Uh, on on uh, Friday night, I so. love being up high in oh, buildings yeah. watching fireworks. Yeah, that's too. the best way to do it. Now you don't get the sound. That's what I. That's what yeah, I I'm dislike. okay with that. <laughs> but the, I mean, we were we're literally only like ten, fifteen blocks from Memorial Park. I knew we were, and I knew at the angle that that the school was, or well, yeah, the school because Memorial Park's on the east side of the school. I knew from where we were. I just in my mind, I went, "Oh, this is great." Well, the kids will be able to watch the fireworks from the hotel, and sure enough, we would sit there and watch the fireworks from the hotel. That's really cool. I, I like watching yeah. pop. 
Pop. That's <laughs> cool. No, you always hear. <laughs> then the visual. And then the. <laughs> yeah. You hear the launch. Yeah, you, you hear the launch. But, <laughs> but yeah, I, I like being way away from the big boom. That's, yeah. that's just pop. That's cool. <laughs> so um, we went to Old Town and walked around and just kind of, you know, saw some of the sites and some of the cool little shops down there and whatnot. And we'd been talking about lunch. And James, James had this wonderful food tour while he was up there. My buddy James, who I work with, he, he, he came up for British Fest. And he looked up a whole bunch of places that were featured on Diners, Drives, and Dives. Or however that's... Drives and Dives. That one. Whatever, on Food Network. Whatever that show is where they go around and they find the guys here. Yep. amazing restaurants that are just dives. But they're really good. And he found a whole bunch of them. And that's pretty much Not what... Not all of them are dives. Well, some of them are diners. Some are diners and some are dives. And it's why they came to Topeka. Bobos. But For our dive. No, no, no. Our, our drive-in. <laughs> you you want to go to a drive-in? No, no I, I want to go to a dive! <laughs> but... <laughs> they should have had Brian Blessett voice that. They could have had somebody say, diners, drive-ins, and... Dive! <laughs> that joke's never getting out. <laughs> so, um... So he, he he'd done this, and he'd gone to all these different places that he'd been, and he he posted pictures of this taco. He went to a place called what California California Taco, taco. California Taco. Oh yeah, yeah, I've heard of that place. Yeah, and he showed us the. He's like, I had this really great thing, and we were like, Oh, there's the California Taco. Okay, he's like, Yeah, and he showed us the picture, and we all went, oh, Ooh, and it's this taco. It's not it's not a taco. It's a taco. You know, this thing's it's like a, you only need one taco. Yeah. It's it's oh. it's a Chipotle burrito size. I've seen taco. that somewhere. Maybe I saw it on Diners, Drivers, and Dives. I don't know. And Sarah got real excited about the taco. Like she was, she would commented, "I'm in lust with the taco. I'm ready to go. <laughs> we've got to go eat. That we're going to go eat. At, uh, we're going to go eat at this taco joint." So I was like, "Okay, well, we'll do that Sunday." My, you know, yeah, okay, Sunday. Oh well, yeah, why not? So we're down at Old Town, wandering around, and we've spent our our, our two hours or so, and everybody's kind of getting to that. Yep. I think it's time, you know. And Sarah made What time food. is it? It's taco, taco time. It's taco time, right? <laughs> Where is this taco joint? I don't know. Let me pull it up. So I pull it up on Google and say, California Taco. And Google comes up and says, California Taco, blah, 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 address, blah, 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 phone number, closed Sundays. Oh, no. And it wasn't until I read, you know, in the in the movies when or in the cartoons, when the words come up on the screen and everything goes... <laughs> And zooms in, and that's all you can see. Highlights. I didn't realize until that moment when my brain did that and zoomed in on closed Sundays and did the calculation that that's today, how much I wanted a taco. <laughs> like, I was along for the ride. like, yeah, I'll go there. Sure, why not? It wasn't uh, until that, that moment. That that point, that we wanted a taco so badly. We all were craving tacos. That we were like, i got to have not just a taco, the that, taco. that taco. And so I thought, maybe the Internet's wrong. Maybe Google. It's worth the shot. So I called. Well, when you want a taco really bad, suddenly your trust level for the internet goes way down. It's it's Google. They make mistakes, right? So I called, and it rang, and it rang, and it rang. And I could. That wasn't enough for you, was it? You had to go buy here. No, we didn't go buy. I could feel the 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 hopes and dreams of the people because we're all walking back to the car and everybody's shoulders are stooping over a little bit more and I can feel everything getting heavier. Well, and so then we went in the, the, another shop as we were waiting and trying to figure out what we were going to do. So Sean asked the clerk, "You're from around here, right?" He's like, uh, "Yeah, I guess so." <laughs> you live in Omaha, yeah. What's a good taco place? 
Uh, Gallo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, that would have no. been the insult to injury. Oh, there. No, even worse. I like Taco Bell. Oh, Lord. <laughs> now, well, you were no help at all. <laughs> nothing against Taco Bell. I eat Taco Bell all the time. But when you're in the mood for that taco. <laughs> when you're on vacation, you don't want Taco Bell. Yeah, taco I, Bell is what you eat when you're at home. I, I, I can get Taco Bell at home. I don't want. So all of a sudden, I was like, well, I really like Taco Bell. And my brain went, you have suddenly lost all credibility with me as a human being. When I ask you, what's a good taco joint? And you give me Taco Bell. <laughs> like taco to be Bell. fair, the kid was probably 16. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> he uh, wouldn't have known a good probably taco. Probably couldn't even drive. <laughs> he wouldn't have known a good taco if it came up and bit him. So so we hopped in the car, and we're like, what do we do now? And I'm looking at Mexican joints in Omaha, and it's giving me, you know, it's, uh, like, oh, let's head to the tour of the mall, and if something catches our eye, we'll, we'll stop there. Um, and we wound up at Five Guys, because Sarah had said, well, barring a taco, I'd be okay with a burger joint. So then when I saw Five Guys, it was like, it's not just a burger joint, it's the burger joint. We can get a Five Guys burger. So we stopped at Five Guys. And ah, good. Everybody was kind of okay with that. <laughs> it worked out. But we I, ditched out uh, then and headed home. Yeah, they headed home. We went to Suncoast and walked around the mall. It's a nice little mall. Oh. Fell in absolute lust with a woman working a sales counter at one of the stores. Oh my God, she was amazingly hot. And worked at Suncoast? No, oh. no, a different store. But <laughs> that would have made her even hotter. Yeah, no lie, right? <laughs> but uh, the Suncoast was really good. I, I had to kind of explain it to Mel because she didn't quite get it. I was like, you don't get that this is, you know, because we're walking down the hall. I had to ask. It's like, where's Suncoast? I couldn't find a map. When did they get rid of maps in malls? They put them online now. Well, things circle in and out of a mall well, so often that they quit. They we're, we're not spending this way anymore. too much money updating a map. But I, I grabbed right. a cop. There was a cop on duty. I was like, where's Suncoast? I go, oh, it's upstairs. Thanks. So we walked to the thing. And as soon as we hit the upper level and got into that wing, I was like, oh, the red neon. And she's like, you can tell from here. I was like, yes. <laughs> You don't understand. This was it. This was my mecca. This was my first real job. I mean, Sean I had at the pizza wedding joint, pictures but... taken at Suncoast. <laughs> well, I met my significant other at the time. That's your first wife. Yeah. I remember. I when, <laughs> when we were at the thanks mall. for changing Suncoast for me. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't thought about that in twenty years. Thanks. I was just trying to illustrate how much you liked Suncoast. Sun I really liked Suncoast. I squeed when we were walking around that mall last time we were there, and I saw the Suncoast. Like, oh, and you didn't tell me? I'm pretty sure I did. I'm pretty sure that Holly has a disdain for Suncoasts now, <laughs> but because she worked at Original Cookie right across from, and the red neon sign like burned into your eyes every was, day. Was it like that episode of Seinfeld? Right across from, <laughs> with the yeah, with the, the Kenny Rogers roasters across the street. Yeah, that's what it was. It was like she never saw Suncoast again. <laughs> I loved her comment on Facebook. I said, that's my first real job. And she says, what, like all the other ones were like fake jobs? <laughs> Pretty much. They were, yeah. <laughs> they were all pretend. <laughs> But um, so we went and wandered around, and it, it was it was a little. Did you guys get anything there? We did. We bought a, a copy of Lawless, the Shia LaBeouf movie, but it was a steel book. So we we're like, oh, yeah, okay, well. that's Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Today, actually. <laughs> and in fact, if you queue it up and watch it, they send you a steel book. <laughs> <laughs> They're just trying to unload them. <laughs> oh well, I'm sure it's not going to be a good movie. But it was a steel book. It was cheap, so I was like, yeah, okay. Hey, it's got Tom Hardy and Jessica Chastain. Well, that's kind of what I thought. Yeah, I was like, oh, Tom Hardy. <laughs> Tom Hardy can outweigh Shia LaBeouf. Oh, we were an hour and a half in. We haven't even got to news yet. <laughs> 
Um, it's very, it's very much like vintage stock. I mean, they've got the same toys and the same movies and the same thing. And I'm like, man, I'm still doing this. It's, I don't know why I was so excited, but it, it, you know, it's been cheapened a little bit because it's the because you're still there. You just under a different logo. It's the same thing, but you know, it was there. So then um, we we talked about going to see Edge of Tomorrow. And by this point, I was like, what time is it? Because we were going to look. The, the, the show times were weird because it was like 4.45 or something. And we thought, man, that's going to Because if we go to that, then it's a two-hour movie. We won't get out until We want to get dinner afterwards. Yeah, we won't get out till 7. And then we've still got a three-hour drive home. It's like, ah, I don't know about that. And I looked at my and said, well, what if we just left now and we caught it in town? And that way we get regal points and everything. So yeah, she was like, well. okay. So we went ahead and left and got on the right highway. <laughs> <laughs> Avoided that intersection at the mall. Um, and and drove home. Which we, we haven't mentioned that there's there was construction on Highway 75, and that's why we're making such a big deal about the <laughs> other that, that, the that, other, the way, other way to get there. Sarah and I getting up there, spent a half an hour going out of our way, going up to almost near Lincoln <laughs> because we didn't realize if we went right instead of left, we'd go to 29. We went left instead and. Trying to follow. For, for those of you that listen to the podcast and have your maps of the Midwest handy <laughs> so that you can mark all these places we talk about, you'll know that Lincoln is not in the same area. It's about <laughs> 30 minutes away from Omaha. <laughs> but, so we drove home and had an uneventful drive, turned right at the at the coffee pot, so everything was good to go, and, and, and got home okay. Hit a rainstorm uh, right outside of Holton, but um, it we, was... We, we, t- we happened to be in front of the rainstorm. Yeah, we, we got... Done, and it was weird, because was, I was like, wow, look at that cloud. It was just this big, heavy, low-hanging cloud. And it got darker and darker <laughs> and darker, and then it started raining, and I'm like, okay, here we go. And then it just went... <laughs> it just gushed to the point where I couldn't see. I almost pulled over just because it was like, uh, when I can't see the front bumper of the car anymore, it might be time to think about it, you know? Um, and then it started to lighten up a little bit. And I told Mel, I was like, hold on, I'm making a run for daylight. And we drove and got out of it okay. So, But uh, we got home with about 40 minutes to spare and went ahead and caught Edge of Destruction at the theater here. Oh, good. Edge of Tomorrow. Or Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Destruction. <laughs> wow, they were showing that? <laughs> it was the most... I would have... Woo. Um, which... I would have paid $18 to see that. Now, I've only seen... I think I would have, too. On the big screen. <laughs> I've only seen three films so far this year. Surely you've seen more than that. Uh, I haven't seen very many. I've seen a handful of films. halfway over. Yeah, I know. I don't get Godzilla? Much. I've seen Godzilla and, and X-Men. Surely there's one before that. I mean, I've seen a bunch of stuff at the cheap theaters, but I don't know well, if that really counts. That counts. I think it counts. Like Frozen? <laughs> it counts. Um, I'm sure there's something you saw this maybe, year. Maybe there's something seen. else. Anyway, best film of the year so far. I have to put the so far on until, there. Until because, two weeks from now. Until two weeks from now when Rise of the Planet of the Apes comes <laughs> out. Oh, Captain America. That was the other one. Oh, yeah, yeah. See? It can't see. be the best film of the year. I hear uh, Transformers Age of Extinction. Beat you with his popcorn <laughs> No, I don't want anything heavy. I want to really do the damage. With the plastic <laughs> don't damage my popcorn. Bucket. All right, quick, quick review. Quick, 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 quick review. It is, um, of course, it's this big epic Tom Cruise sci-fi thing. Which Tom Cruise is another one that I kind of think gets sci-fi, and sometimes he gets it right, and sometimes he doesn't. But I think he personally really Who? enjoys Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise, which is why he keeps going after it. Okay. It's Groundhog Day on crack. Uh-huh. And it was amazing and beautiful and well-directed and amazingly well put together. And there were cool aliens and this fantastic plot. And you would love it, Keith, because there's a whole bunch of wibbly-wobbly time travel stuff in it. 
and it was just... I got more of a source code feel from it than Groundhog Day. Sure, we'll go with that. No, it's, same it's, idea. it's, it's, it's very Groundhog Day. <laughs> and and it, just, it just was so cool. And I didn't realize it until it got to the end and the credits rolled. It's a Doug Lehman? Lyman? Sure. The guy that directed Born Identity and Mr. and Mrs. Smith and Jumper. And I have liked every film this guy's done. And I went, oh, no wonder. It's because it's this guy. He knows how to put an action movie together. <laughs> and we loved it. It was phenomenal. So listen to the hype on that one and go see that. Because it was really, really, really good. And Tom Cruise surprised me. Because you see the trailers and you kind of go, oh, it's another Tom Cruise action flick. And it's not... Because he starts off as, a, he's like a non-combatant. He's like a PR guy for yeah, the Army. I saw that in an early trailer. And he's very much not, you know, this action hero. He makes the point of it, saying, no, 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 no. <laughs> That's not me. But as the circumstances progress and he gets into this big mech suit and is forced to, to become this big action hero and does all his training and stuff, that by the end of it, he is Tom Cruise's action hero. But I bought it. I mean, because Tom, Tom Cruise is one of those guys. He's Tom Cruise in every movie he's done. He's not really an actor. You know what I mean? He, he, he doesn't... Well, he's not Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who's different yeah. in everything he's in. I mean, he's Tom Cruise. He shows what? up. What? Pick, pick a guy who's different, Glenn. Give me an example. I can't, but not, okay. not Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Well, you know what I mean. I mean. Like Harrison Ford. I love Harrison Ford. But he's, he's, he's Harrison he's Ford in everything he's done. Kevin Costner. He's Kevin Costner. Bill Murray. He's Bill Murray. Tom Cruise tends to do that. He tends to show up and be that guy. But the character at the beginning of the film was so different from stuff we've normally seen Tom Cruise do, at least recently, that he he, he sold it to me. So that as that transition happened and he became the Tom Cruise action guy, then I was like, oh, it was really cool. So, And then we went home and crashed because we were absolutely <laughs> exhausted from that weekend. So that was that. Oh, and then we watched Battle of the Planet Apes, and I also watched a documentary, uh, 30 for 30, There's No Place Like Home, which is about the um, bringing the, the, the guy, the Kansas fan who found out that the original rules of basketball were oh, going up for sale okay. and convinced an alumni to spend $3.7 million to buy them at auction so that they could be donated and on display at KU. And it was a very amazing little documentary. Uh-huh. You have to be kind of a KU fan in order to really appreciate it, but it was yeah. sure. it was it was very cool. So, All right, let's move it. on to news quickly and blaze through these so that we don't spend too much time on this show. Sorry guys. <laughs> well, we got a confirmed a date. Yay! For when Doctor Who will return Saturday, August 23rd. Easter I thought, Saturday. I thought it was August 31st. Oh. <laughs> 18th. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we were joking about, though. What yeah. the, the, to probably make it the very end of Easter August. Saturday. Either, either August first or August, uh, or the first, the closest. <clears throat> it, it practically the beginning of the month or end of the month. Practically as close as you can get without being the thirtieth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we also got a little teaser again, this time with some dialogue. Yeah, you know, I I actually enjoyed this teaser, even though there's elements of the original te- yeah. or the first teaser that it's we like got. They recut it, but pretty much. it's. I don't know. I quite enjoyed this one. Maybe because there's some dialogue and and a few more images imagery. I think that in there. helps. To me, this is a teaser. What we got last uh, time yeah. was dumb. But this, this, if they they had done this the first time, I'd have gone okay. There's a teaser, you know. So. Yeah. And we also got some images and an episode title for the f- premiere, which will be a feature length episode. Yeah, I was surprised by that. So. If we go by fe- BBC's definition of featured length, it'll be 75 like the Day of the Doctor. Day of the Doctor. 
Episode title will be Deep Breath. Exciting stuff. Yeah, and there's also a new poster quasi wallpaper thing that they released. You can see all of that on our website. Yes, because I posted that on Friday. Thank you, Keith. While everyone else was in Omaha. Speaking of release dates <laughs> for Series 8. They've also just recently announced the date for the Complete 8 series. Which is weird. Less the, than five days later, now we already know when it's coming out on DVD. At least in the UK. And they've updated the artwork, which is pretty much the promotional shot with different background. Instead of it being white, it has a vortex behind them. Uh, in the UK, at least, the 12-episode run of Series 8 will be on November 17th. So take note, this does not... According to this article that I'm seeing, it's the 12-episode run, so it does not include Time of the Doctor. Right. As I kind of suspected that they wouldn't. Right. So, it's safe to buy that one separately now. I think so. <laughs> uh, and along with the speaking announcements of the uh, <laughs> new episodes... Speaking of Season 8... Uh, Michelle Gomez joined the show. Uh, we're playing the gatekeeper of the Nether Sphere in the new series. Uh, she's best known for her performances in Green Wing, uh, the Book Group, and Bad Ed- Education. Uh, she had also, in 2008, performed as Kate in the Royal Shakespeare Company's production of Taming of the Shrew, so she has some serious acting cred back there uh, behind her. And she is in the season finale, it looks like, directed by uh, Rachel Talele. Yeah. Which will also feature Cybermen. Cybermen! Which was kind of released as the same information as the new character because of the <laughs> video of them filming it, or pictures of you them You can see filming. them in the background of yeah. the pictures, so. I'm excited to see the Cybermen back. <laughs> yeah, of course you are. <laughs> Other news. Stephen Moffat has recently said that he is going to remain showrunner for Series 9. Uh, in the latest column with Doctor Who magazine, they revealed that. Uh, and he's also saying that there's quite the uh, cliffhanger for the penultimate episode of, ser- of next series. So it sounds like he's written Series 9 already. It makes me wonder if that's the, the, the idea of him staying on for 9, is that he wants to... He's got one more story arc involved, this time involving the, the 12th Doctor, yeah. and he wants to see it all the way to fruition. So. It, it definitely seems that way to me. Um, it makes me wonder, though, if they'll be... I don't know why I think this, but I wonder if they'll, he'll have a little more limited... Involvement? Involvement, and then maybe they'll announce the next showrunner in the season season, nine series be, nine, and then maybe probably maybe work together there towards the end so that he can kind of transition it and hand it off to the next guy. Yeah, so I, I could see that. I don't know why I feel that way, but it just that just seems right. Yeah, kind of channeling Sean there. He does things like that. <laughs> what do you think? It makes sense. That's why it's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Has there ever really been a time? I mean, we've had producers obviously come up through the ranks of Doctor Who that eventually wind up taking over, but I don't know that there's ever necessarily been a true transition period where one guy was still here outgoing and one guy was here incoming. It seems uh, like it's Moffitt pretty always had, been... Moffat had a hand, at least, in Time of the Doctor at the very end. Didn't he have a, a huge hand in the regeneration and how it was going to be set up? I, th- I, 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 I think he wrote the regeneration part of it. Well, anything that Matt, well, <laughs> anything, 
anything that Matt Smith said, it was that, that by, was Moffat. By Moffat, yeah. But again, that's kind of that's the definitive. Right, right, right. But I, I guess mark. my point is this: that's sort of a transitional yeah. thing because we knew Moffat was going to take over. I think even in the specials era, or it might have even been the, I think it in was series the four. Era, was sure it in specials it. that we found out that Moffat was taking? I can't remember. It's been so long ago now, but it's been at least four years now. So, all right. Well, no exciting news. Speaking of Moffat, uh, he has also recently possibly created some controversy. <laughs> well, that's what Moffat does. <laughs> exactly. That's his mo. Uh, He's called on Doctor Who fandom to create some controversy and then bail out of Twitter. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> He's called on Doctor Who fandom to prove when it definitely said that Doctor is not human. In the latest issue of Doctor Who magazine, he says, Here's a question I tried on some Doctor Who fans recently. We're all a bit startled by the answer. When it finally emerged, if we got it right. Okay, keep in mind that everything we know for sure is probably wrong. Answer me this. In which story is it confirmed definitively that the Doctor is not human? Now, before you jump up and yell, an unearthly child, sorry, but wrong. He makes it clear he's not from this time. He seems to indicate that he was born on another world, but he never says he's an alien. He could, just as easily, be a human being from the far future born on some colonized world. Indeed, most of his conversation in the early days would seem to confirm that he at least thinks of himself as human... And he even explicitly states that he is at le- he is at least once. So come on then to your DVD collection. In what story <laughs> do the wise men and wise women of the BBC stop fudging the issue and make our hero not one of us? I'm talking about him having a remarkable. I'm not talking about him having remarkable abil- abilities or attributes. We've always known he's not ordinary. That's fair enough. Spider-Man's not order- ordinary, but he's not human. And I'm not talking about series Bible or internal memos or retcon continuity. When the Doctor Who production team start stop hedging their bets and make him an alien, fandom to your work, yes, Russell, you too. You know what he sounds? This stinks of. This stinks of the time that was it last year where he was talking about. If you count the regenerations, he was he was talking about, you know, oh, you know, he was hinting to the idea of. I mean, he didn't say what he was going to do, but he kind of hinted to the idea that he was going to kind of move the goalposts and count the. That's what he says. If look at look look back at count the, count the count regen- the regenerations. Yeah. I mean that that to me it stinks of. I'm about to do something remarkable, and this is how I'm hinting to it. You know, I'm about to do something different, and I think he's he's I think he's hedging his bets. Trying to make it, trying to justify what's something he's about to do, which is what I think he did with the count the generations remark was I'm going to I'm, I'm going to early on justify what I'm going to do and <laughs> drop on everybody so that it's not an an immediate pow, you know, oh he just messed everything up he can't do it by by saying pay attention think of this pay yeah. attention and so I think do, that, do that's research. what this that's what this smells of <laughs> I can I can definitely see that so it almost seems like he's going to try to uh, "Quote unquote," fix the lines from the, eighth doc- the Doctor Who the movie, where he's talking about being half human on his mother. I hope, but I don't think that will happen. Um, in reply to Stephen Moffat, "Pyramids of Mars, Episode One," the Doctor quote, "The Earth isn't my home, Sarah. I'm a Time Lord." Well, that still doesn't say he's not human, Sarah. Oh, I know you're a Time Lord. The Doctor, 
you don't understand the implications. I'm not a human being. I walk in eternity. Oh, he says I'm not a human being. I am not a human. I'm not a human being. Go, Sean. Post that. Get that on. Get that going. <laughs> so, there, there you go. Respond. Respond. Oh, there respond. we go. <laughs> Sean the problem. Good job, Sean. Ah, boy, Sean. At least, wise. He is so far removed from humanity at that point that he doesn't consider himself to be human. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that he wasn't once upon a time. (laughs) You know me. I'll stand up for Moffat. (laughs) But as soon as as you explained what that was that we were talking about, I was like, no. (laughs) The alarm bell went. I was like, I remember that one. (laughs) I don't remember much. It'll be interesting that somebody else points that out to him. Oh, I'm sure they will. I, I, I think that'll come up, but. It'll be, this is so fresh that we we'll, haven't we haven't looked at outpost Gallifrey yeah. or we'll Gallifrey an, Base. I guess we'll keep an eye out to see if Moffat responds to anything like what Sean just said. Yeah, he won't respond. He'll just come up with something else. <laughs> it's a ploy. Come on, guys. It is really? a ploy. It's, it's totally Moffat. Moffat lies. We've established this. Obviously, he has something in the works. He's going to come up tomorrow and say, "You know what? In the new season, the Earth's going to rotate around the Sun backwards," and everybody goes, oh. <gasps> <laughs> for no reason. Just because. Just because he likes poking the bear with a stick. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, other and other news. Love him for it. <laughs> As many uh, figured with the announcement of Doctor Who or the Doctor Who World Tour dates, uh, there are not going to be a panel at San Diego Comic Con this year. I'm of two minds of that because number one, it seems weird that coming off the momentum of the 50th anniversary and trying to hype up a new series that you wouldn't have some sort of representation you in San Diego. You try to get Moffat there. At the flip side of that, the idea of the fact that they're doing a world tour the following month and they're going to be everywhere doing everything, it really does seem like a handful in order to throw a, a, a Comic-Con yeah. appearance in there as well. So I, I'm, of, I'm, of, I'm of two sides of the fence on that as to I'm a little perplexed that they're not going to be there, but I'm also understanding as to why the situation might lend them not being there. Well, and it sounds like there's even not going to be Doctor Who themed merchandise at the BBC America booth. They put a call out for fan art to decorate it. Hmm. So it's kind of, I don't know what they're planning exactly. Interesting. But there's not going to be a panel at the very least. Alright, next news? So what you're saying is that we don't need to go to Comic Con this year. <laughs> not San Diego at least. Fair enough. Okay, moving on to non- current, well, quasi-current series stuff. Big Finish has announced they're bringing back the Ronnie! And to top it all off, it's written by Justin Richards. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) Who we, I think we all have come down on the fence of liking his stuff. You guys heard the backstory on this, didn't you? That Uh Kato Morrow's agent had actually called months ago, like last year, I guess it was, and had asked Big Finish, if they would be interested in bringing the Ronnie back, and of course Nick Briggs and uh, is it is David Ellery still there? Or Jason Hayley. Jason Hayley. They jumped at the idea. They said, "Oh yeah, absolutely. We 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 so want to do that." And so Kate was on board to do it, and they had the script written, and they were getting they were only weeks away from recording oh. it when she passed away in April, and they all kind of sat back and said, "Well, you know, what do we do?" There was kind of this limbo concept. And a few days later, the agent called again, and he said it was it was Kate's intention for you guys to go on and do this, regardless of the, of the fact that she's gone, and to, and to, to find uh, you know an, a regeneration 
I find another incarnation of the Ronnie and, and continue this. It was her. It was her uh, intent her. to move on without her, and so that was really cool. That that Kate was aware of that and made that at least known to the agent who could then convey that and and, and proceed with the uh, bringing back of the characters. So That's really. Cool. I think we we can thank Kate for oh, both absolutely getting that ball rolling and allowing it to continue. With her blessing, because yeah. of the the awkwardness of that, that what if could have you know transpired there. Oh yeah, <clears throat> uh, so. she's now going to be played by Saboan Redman. I think I'm saying that name right. Um, and the story, her return, comes at the end of a new trilogy of stories exploring what happened to Perry during and after the trial of the Time Lord. Mine were. Yeah. So that 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 makes me even more excited. Yeah, I'm excited about that myself. That's that's been hinted to, I believe, in other media. But mm-hmm. it sounds like they're really going to kind of tackle yeah. tackle her. Uh, so the first one comes on. out in, of the trilogy comes out in November, and mm-hmm. ends in December. Now I'm wondering if they will be. Are they going to discuss the fact that oh, this sorry, is a, re- starts in October. a regenerated Ronnie? They're going to have to address that fact, uh, or are they going to have somebody play? Kate O'Mara. No, I don't think we'll Ronnie. see. Her, I don't think we'll get her on on media. <laughs> well, not necessarily an on media, but just will, will, will they it'll mention be alluded the fact to. that? Oh, yeah. you've changed. Oh, yeah, it'll be oh, alluded I think to. So. And oh, will, will, will this be in her well, with, future? With, then with, set in between these two episodes because time in the Ronnie, it's still obviously Kate O'Mara. So if well, they're no, doing I, this I, one I, here, it has to be the Ronnie's future, obviously. Right. But it could That's also be I'm Perry's. Saying. I mean, it's Perry's future. It could be beyond the events of Time in the Ronnie as well. It's alluded to that she right. married King Ukranus and went off to live with him, and we don't know how many years it's been that he's that, that they've been living together, so and she's been it's, it's queen not, ruler of this okay. place. Oh, so it may not actually be set between those episodes. I get right, right, right. According right. to uh, this, it could be after Mark of the Ronnie as well, or uh, t- uh, Time of the Ronnie as well. According to the description. We are dealing with time travel here, though, so it could be bold. <laughs> it takes up Perry's story a few years after trial as a doctor, played by Colin Baker, and his former companion are oh, that's reunited. Right. I, did, I did see oh, okay. that it's the sixth doctor. So, so it's it will later, but it's... Yeah. But, again, wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey. Yeah. It, could be, it could be from the, the sixth doctor from the timeline, timeline of, well, from the timeline of the Ronnie. It's still, it could be her future, but well, the yeah. doctor's, you know... Yeah, I, I think it'll work. I think it'll work just fine. They've done this before. They've done it. They do it all the time. They've got Jeffrey Beaver still playing the master in Big Finish yeah. and setting his events in between uh, Deadly Assassin and another one that I can't mention at this moment, so that we don't remember <laughs> what it is later. Um, and <laughs> well, he's still playing that incarnation of the master. In light at the end, when we have the eighth doctor involved yeah. in that and seventh doctor involved in that, beyond the Ainley doctors or the Ainley master and the Eric Roberts master for that matter, so we've and done it before. There's, there's 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 no reason to worry or be concerned with oh, any yeah, sort of no, no, issues. Not. So, and, and as if this trilogy wasn't enough to be excited about, the second one features the return of the Daleks and Robomen and is set during the Dalek occupation of Earth of. 22nd century. That's Yay! what I'm excited about. I'm excited about that I, as well. That just makes all three very exciting yeah. for me, in general. Yay! I'm excited. Alright, let's move on to this other bit of puzzling news. So, I'm sure most of you have seen this by now. It's been on the internet since last Wednesday, almost a week now. A Doctor Who moment, a scene, has been 
rated the number one greatest <laughs> moments in sci-fi, horror, and fantasy by SFX readers. Should we go through what beat what Doctor Who beat out first? Yeah, let's yeah, do that. Let's do that. Okay. Number ten. We because we should be excited. We should be, but we'll get there. Number ten. Can you sense that maybe we're not? <laughs> Should, should we, we preface this by saying we love Rose? <laughs> I don't want to go that strong of an opinion on her. Yeah, we you don't guys can Rose. love Rose. I, we don't I love Rose. Rose. We don't Rose. Rose is Rose is fine. She's is fine. Yeah. All right. Okay, what, what, okay. What, what did this Number be? ten. Back to the Future. Rose. Right here, you're flawed. <laughs> Where we're going, we don't need roads. Okay. That's it. Number nine. Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince, the novel. Spoilers, in case for some reason you don't know, it's Dumbledore's death. <gasps> Dumbledore dies? <gasps> yeah. <laughs> Number eight. Still emotional over that. The Matrix. Speaking of grungy 90s movies. That was on... <laughs> that holds up, though. That, that was on AMC uh, while, while we were in the Netflix. Saying, while we were in the Netflix? While, while, we, were, while, while we were in... Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Omaha. Not only are we in the Matrix, we're in the we're Netflix, in the Netflix. <laughs> inside the Matrix. In the vortex. <laughs> <laughs> Neo dodges bullets in the bullet time scene. <laughs> All right, I'll give it that one. I don't know. I, I, I was talking to Robert uh, cause, since you were gone during uh, one of the shows about this poll when I saw it and looked at the list. I'm sorry. Him stopping the bullets and plucking one and then seeing code, that's even cooler, in my opinion. Way more impactful. Yeah. Agreed. He still gets hit by the bullets. It grazes his leg, so it's not like he perfectly misses the bullets to begin with. It was his first time trying to dodge bullets. Yeah. He does a remarkable job for being his first time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And let's be honest, we were all pretty blown away when he went... And they, you well, know, did the, that's the first time it's ever been done. Yeah, we were all impressed with it. I don't know. When they were running up the walls, I was already multi-impressed <laughs> by that. And then, you know, doing the jump flips things. and yeah, The whole lobby just, scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, go ahead. Okay. Uh, seven, Game of Thrones. I'm not going to go into big detail on this because it's the Lannisters send their regards. A.K.A. the Red Wedding. Ah, uh, Okay. The book oh, or the show? It's more than a year old, so I mean, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Some people. Yeah. Yeah. We, have, st- we have, have still been backing have, off of, of doing You that. would have been upset if All you right. hadn't found out about that, and you were how far behind. Okay. I'll give you that one. Six. Blade Runner. Roy Batty's Tears and Rain monologue. Uh, Seen fires on the ring good, of the yeah. Rings of Saturn. Yeah. yeah. That's a good one. Five. I think that's the best so far of all those, actually. Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back. Luke discovering Vader is his father. Uh, uh, you're not going to fly the spoiler flag before that one. Iconic, <laughs> iconic moment. Iconic. It definitely belongs in the top ten. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, four. Which this one I don't know if I agree with either. It's a great scene, but I think there are better ones in the series. Firefly. Mal Reynolds kicking the bad guy in the Serenity's engine and taking the train job. <laughs> that was pretty nice. It's a great moment, yeah. but I think there are probably better ones in... I don't know. That's the scene that sold me on the show. Uh, like, I enjoyed that episode. I enjoyed the pilot, and I enjoyed the train job. But when he did that, I, I was on board was from that the, point on. That was one of those, I can't believe they just <laughs> did that moments. <laughs> okay, number three. Alien, the chestburster scene. Iconic. Yeah. Yeah. Number two, 
this says Avengers Assemble, so I don't know if it's because it's a UK website or if it's SFX. That is exactly why. Hulk destroying Loki. (laughs) That's number two. That's number two. It's iconic. I don't know that I'd rank it number two, but it's iconic. It's a great moment. People are still riding that high, I think, is what that is. Yeah. And number one is, as we talked about, the Doctor Who's episode. Then Doctor and Rose saying goodbye at Bad Wolf Bay and Doomsday. As much as I like Doctor Who... (laughs) That's this is even, one of those I'm things. Sorry, that's not even that the best epi- on, scene in Doctor Who. No, it's not even the sorry. best scene in that, that episode. No, sir, all 13. Yes, that <laughs> deserves to be number one. That I could, I would honestly, I'd be okay with I that. I would be proud Star that Wars and Firefly yeah. and everything else. Yeah. I would wear that as a brat badge of honor if that was number one. <sighs> who, who nominated that scene? Because surely thousands of fans of FX, SS, whatever its magazine is, didn't just write in, and everybody wrote, you know that scene where the Doctor and Rose say goodbye on the beach? That's the best. I mean, they had to have had somebody at the magazine put that up there it, to give yeah. people the chance to vote on it. Who was the... Yeah, it had to have been one of, you know, 100 or 500 it's choices. Two, it's 250. 250 is, choices. Is the total list. So I'm kind of intrigued to go pick up the list and see where other stuff lands. Because the cover alone has Buffy on it. It has the Joker from the Dark Knight. It has Wally. It has Spider Man. I mean, there's all sorts of other stuff on this cover. So but who was the intern that picked that moment out of Doctor Who and said, "Yeah, that's the one that most. That's the one that all my friends on Tumblr keep reposting." So it must be that. <laughs> I, uh, that's true. You do see that on Tumblr. I, I wish I would have known about the polling because I would have gone and voted and tipped the scales. I'm sure. Uh, yes. <laughs> It's great that Doctor Who got the recognition yeah, in the I, list. I, I love the fact that it's on the list. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even hate the fact that it's number one. I'm just perplexed by the fact that it's at number one. Would it have been my choice? Probably not, even though it's Doctor Who. I'm excited and ecstatic that Doctor Who's at the top of the list and people think that that's the most but, iconic but, moment but, in but, but science is that, fiction. Is that but, dangerous? That that's the perception that that moment is... In, are you t- in all science fiction... That is the best. That's the most iconic moment. It's not even a science fiction moment. It's a romance moment. Again, not. this is going to sound like I'm well, hating on is, Rose. He is uh, bringing up a star in order to uh, <laughs> uh, we don't say see goodbye. It. So, I, I don't know. It's. I'm I, sorry. I would probably even put the end scene of Planet of the Apes above that. Yeah. That, that why scene. is it that in the top ten? It's, the I, statue, it's it better like, be in the top 20. That's I iconic. I mean, I... Uh, mm, <laughs> Obviously, we don't like fan lists. It's <laughs> coming down on we that. Don't, we don't agree at all. We, we, we covered this a little bit with the Doctor Who list that came out. And we all went, what? What are you okay. talking about? You're not so... so. And I, I, we know that our listeners wonder, don't either, but it, it still. It makes me wonder if somewhere somebody created a spam bot in order to spam that poll. Uh, it's possible. And tip the scales. Because it, it wasn't scientific, I'm sure. <laughs> I'd be interested to see if any so wait, other doctor is on the list. It's harder to do that nowadays. We're pulling, yeah, a, two th- what I we're pulling a 2000 election and saying that yeah. <laughs> we want a recount. We want a recount of votes. And this is the Doctor Who the, podcast calling The Doctor calling Who in. podcast calling for a recount because Doctor Who moment got number one. Wait, what? No, again, I'm ecstatic. It's great. If it's true, then wonderful. That's what obviously most of the voters thought. I'm still perplexed by it. Were these voters 14? (laughs) 
I'm, well, I'm really. Are these all the Tumblr fanatics? I do. I want to see a cross section of people who wrote in. I bet there isn't one. But I, I, somebody who. Where, it was Florida. <laughs> Where's a hanging Chad? They were confused. But I really meant to vote for Metropolis. That <laughs> was, was too close to the punch out thing. I just mean that, like I said, this is this is this is not even the best moment in that episode. And don't get me wrong, I was destroyed. Oh yeah, by yeah, that yeah. moment in that episode. Yeah. But it's not the most iconic. It's not the best, and it's certainly not the most iconic science fiction. I would pick the scene before that with all before, the wall. with the wall and, and and Pete jumping in and and rescuing her at the last minute. Now, and realistically, then, yeah, if that came in at number oh, one, I'd still be perplexed. I'd still I'd be, be going not as surprised, but not as surprised <laughs> as the goodbye moment. It just doesn't make any and sense to me, especially when you compare it with not, the rest of science fiction. We're not putting any, yeah. down anybody who loves that scene because, as Sean said, we love that scene. But or at least Sean and I do, and actually Keith was because he went, "Oh, good, Rose is leaving." But um, <laughs> you know, I didn't dislike Rose. But, I went back and rewatched some of her stories, and it's, uh, I'm, I'm teasing. But it's not that we. If you love that scene, great. I just we can't quite wrap our brains around what happened there. Write us in. Write in some feedback yeah. for us, and let us know what you guys feedback. think. Are we? Is, is this? Is this yet another bad fan list of? The top two hundred and fifty oh. science fiction. We spent enough time there. Or was it justified? <laughs> okay, it <laughs> was exhausting. My head hurts. <laughs> Just wrapping my brain around it. Uh, another com- uh, Doctor Who convention happened over the weekend uh, in Alabama, which featured the Seventh Doctor, Sylvester McCoy, and Gareth. No, that's not his name. Ianto. Andrew Cartmel. And. Yanto. Oh, uh, Yanto. Gareth Lloyd. Uh, Gareth Lloyd, yes. Gareth Lloyd. Hey, I remember the name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm usually asking you guys for names. So congratulations to them on having a great big uh, con. I saw a lot of pictures. Looks like it went well. They've already announced next year's guests. And they are. Uh, the con will be July 18th to 19th, and the guests will include, so far, limited to, not limited to, Paul McGann, Ooh. Eric Roberts, Ooh. and Eliza Roberts. Mm. <laughs> so she was a lovely woman. And it's like thirty dollars. That's for very her exciting. That's very exciting for. A, from my understanding, it's a pretty new con. So they're, yeah, they're, that's my few years old. Yeah, they're I think it's almost as old as our podcast. Really, I think yeah. we were we were talking about. I think I remember that now. Yeah, you said that. Days. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, she, she was a lovely lady, and thirty dollars for her autograph started in twenty twelve. <laughs> you know how we feel about Eric Roberts. <laughs> so. All right, All let's right. move Good on. For them. Oh gosh, we're going to talk so much about this. We better hurry. There's a legacy. We haven't even got to uh, uh, feedback, uh, and we're two hours into our show. There's no feedback. This week. That was one piece yeah, there of feedback. Is. There's, Chrissy, don't there's one anything. piece of feedback. That's what I said. Gosh. All right. So there's a new Doctor Who legacy update. What do you guys think? I haven't played with it much, honestly. Sean, what do you think? Um, I haven't played with it much, actually. It's it's in in some ways re-energized my love of the game. Not that it had ever really gone away, but just I'd kind of drifted away from it a little bit. And and seeing all this wonderful new stuff is like so amazingly cool, and I want to keep playing. Um, on the other hand, I almost worry that it's too much. That I, it's there's now 
it's it's great for people who've been playing from yeah, the beginning because yeah, yeah. it's giving you that added stuff. As a new player you, that was coming it, in, it, it would it be could like feel daunting. Blo- it could feel bloated for somebody new to yeah. it. I, I like the fact that it's continually changing and evolving and trying new things. Nice updates. But I agree with Sean. I think that new new players into it might make feel it's a little over over bloated now. But they seem to be listening to fans uh, of the game and, and, and up- updating it for us. Yeah, but uh, fans got new, think that Doctor and Rose. We <laughs> got a new cover screen. We got the uh, which login, is awesome. login bonus now, which is awesome. Uh, you can change the gyms uh, awesome. to different styles of gyms that you prefer. And all fortunately, all, Christmas all is an option, and I don't have to change it to Christmas <laughs> because I got so annoyed by Christmas. Um, all the doctors get a new level. Yep. If you get special. All the companions do too. Uh, I believe in this update they've balanced some more of the games. So oh, series good, good, series good, five good, is good. a little more balanced. So that's been that's been rolling out for the last month. But that's been my, that's that's been one of the reasons why I haven't played it as much. Is I've unlocked all the characters I can for the most part, except for a couple in series five, and it's so challenging now that I don't come back it to it as often as difficult. I used to. That's I think part I don't of make the progress. Yeah, part of my problem is because I'm going back still trying to build up these tank teams to go into five and I don't have all the characters unlocked. I'm, I'm over halfway now. I'm at 43 of 83 or something, which I kind of like being able to chart my progress right. and know exactly. And I've loved all the structural things that they've done as far as being able to sort your characters and whatnot. But it, it's, it's frustrating to have to, okay, I need these particular time crystals to drop in order to upgrade these characters. So I keep playing the same set of levels over and over and over again and just grinding through them trying to get... And there's nothing more frustrating than putting a new team together that doesn't have a whole lot of experience and going back to Season 7 and grinding on some of these levels yeah. and then not getting a time drop, yeah. you know, a time fragment. And, like and then also not getting as much experience for your team. Yeah. Because if you so, go to older, easier levels, you don't get near as much experience. Yeah. In fact, that's why I, I, I gave up doing seven anything in 7. And I use even new teams, even fresh, brand new people. I, I put them in six, and I put them in a medium-sized level. And you know, once in every twenty times, I lose. I'll, 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 I'll lose that level. But for the nineteen times that I'm successful, I'm getting a lot more experience that way. So I, I appreciate that. Yeah. I, I, I enjoy and that. the fan area obviously is still a very yeah. good option for it is for for, for grinding out stuff. And um, where a lot of this new special uh, time crystals are, actually, from what I can tell. That and the expert, they're, they're, they're all the right only in there, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said, I'm excited about it. And, and it's fun because Mel's been on this absolute terror where she's not stopped playing. She's <laughs> really been grinding through. And so I went ahead and paid for the the fan area for her just so that she'd have access to it. And she immediately started dropping people and, you know, got in there and then thought about, well, do I really want to, maybe, maybe I'll spend some crystals and buy some people because she didn't have access to them when they dropped, you know, initially. Oh, when there were codes. When there were codes for them and stuff like that. So... She got real excited, over the, and, and you know, it's kind of people that I take for granted. Like, what do you mean you don't have canine? Because <laughs> that was an automatic. I gotta have canine. Where do I go to get this? So it's been fun to watch it kind of through her eyes, and she's kind of been doing the same thing where she's just she's bringing all of her characters up before she goes anywhere. She wants everybody to be at the same thing, and it's like, honey, you're never going to get there. The There's new, so many characters. artifacts at the bottom. There? Yeah, the you new time. Yeah, that, that's what we're talking about. The new time crystals. I guess they're not time crystals. They're artifacts. artifacts. Time artifacts. Were they time artifacts? Fragments, 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 fragments. fragments. Yeah, yeah, okay. That's what I meant. If you guys Not also crystals. noticed, it's uh, it's also got a, kind of a sleeker look to it. It's shinier. There's also a new option in settings to turn off the animation for the special ability. Yeah, I like the animation. I, I like too. the little anime. It worries me about time levels, though. 
Um, Does that take away my time? I, I don't know because I, when, it, when, I, when I noticed it started doing it back when they upgraded 2.0, I felt like I was having to wait for it to finish. Uh, I've kind of adjusted for the time now and, and, and manage around uh, it. But I'm almost wondering if I, on some of the time levels I'm having difficulty on, if I maybe should go turn it off and, and see if that yeah. helps. If I can, you know, that, that edges me a little closer. So, anyway. But yeah, it's it's exciting it's, new stuff. It's exciting and it's a, a good new update and it's it's still a lovely and enjoyable game that we're having a lot of fun with. And our Absolutely. last bit of news is a little bit of excitement for us. We've actually known this was possible and in the works for a while. Um, we had to get all our ducks in a row and all the T's crossed and I's dotted. Um, we have been, it's official now, uh, nominated for a Parsec Award. And what the Parsecs are are essentially podcast awards for science fiction and fantasy genre yeah, speculative podcasts, fiction, speculative fiction. Um, and we have made the nominee list for best fan news slash or news slash fan speculative specific right or I don't remember how it's, I believe that's correct I don't remember how it's said. We're up for an award. <laughs> no, it's a parsec. But anyway, that's – and we are – are you going there because – to the site? Yeah. Okay, because I want to also talk about who else is joining us in, in, our, in category. our category. Yeah. I want to think – because from my understanding of this, somebody had to nominate us. Yeah, I believe yeah. that's right. For that. So whoever nominated us, please speak up. I want to thank you personally. Yeah, absolutely. Because I feel extremely honored just to be among the group and be nominated. I never – Imagine when we started this podcast, we'd be up for any kind of award. Yeah, yeah. And it's it, you know it's it's almost cliche because you hear so many people. Well, it's an honor just to be nominated. And there's a part of you thinks, yeah, whatever. You want to win, right? Well, of course you want to win. Well, but it, I, I I looked at this list and went, holy crap! We've got a, we've got some tough competition. We, we are in a very nice group of people. It, it's cliche to say it's just nice to be nominated, and I generally would feel that way. Even when the the awards are announced, when the winners are announced, I still feel that I'm just at the base level, just just happy to be one of the nominees yeah. in in our category here. Uh, do you want me to go through everyone or just the highlights? How many were there? A handful, eh, fifteen maybe. I highlight them. Maybe the more familiar ones. Uh, well, there's a lot of non Doctor Who ones. Um, well, do the Doctor Who specific ones. Raider Viscaro is nominated, which is a mammoth. In itself. It's the a, fact it's, that we're in the same group as Radio Free Star. It's, it's a phenomenal podcast. There are some that I'm not sure what their topic is. Um, Tin Dog Podcast. That's Doctor Who. I knew, uh, <laughs> Verity is also you, you nominated. You say the, the Doctor the, Who ones. These are Doctor Who. Then there's a the, few. The, these are the Doctor Who <laughs> ones uh, that I know for sure. There you go. Uh, Tin Dog and Verity and us. So from what I can tell, there's only four Doctor Who podcasts on this list. Uh, other ones include Liberate, a continuum podcast, uh, Revcast from RevolutionSF.com, Sounds of Steam, Catching Up, a podcast to the Curious, the Babylon podcast, the Bat Cave, Cave podcast. I thought you said Bat Kid. <laughs> Bat Kid. <laughs> the Bat Kid podcast. The Dexter cast, uh, Beyond the Wall, a Game of Thrones podcast. So. It really runs the gamut of topics. Yeah, it yeah. certainly does. Cyborgs, a bionic podcast. 
But we're honored just to be alongside these Absolutely. guys very in much, this competition. Very much. Thank and you. Again, and thank humble. you to anyone or those. There might be several that nominated us yeah. and got us on the list. So, And there were certain criteria we had to meet, and uh, fortunately <laughs> we, we made it in. So <laughs> we, had to, uh, we had to do some things on our end in order to qualify. So <laughs> that didn't go the smoothest, but it worked. The, the, there were hoops. It worked. <laughs> there were hoops. They were jumped through. They got smaller and smaller as the deadline came closer and It was closer. like pilot wings. <laughs> <laughs> I might have scratched the paint. It's a 90s throwback reference. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're excited for that. Next up is feedback. I don't have a song. This oh, okay. Week. I was, was going to give you the courtesy pause. I, I, I was. I thought I was, I was going to try and do um, British Fest, right? So it would be appropriate. And I thought the Beatles. I got to do something. I know that we talked about staying away from them, but then I thought back in the USSR, back in Omaha, I, I tried to make it work, <laughs> and I pounded it all weekend, and just never really got off the, the launch pad with that one. So it was just kind of like, eh, it was, it was kind of stillborn. It That's never okay. really happened. We forgive you. As do our listeners, I'm sure. I'm sure. Our feedback comes from Chrissy. Our feedback. <laughs> our feedback. The British are coming. Dear Vortex Boat. I feel boys. like I should present her with a tap dancing ood. <laughs> <laughs> this will be a short, since there isn't anything to review, and obviously I wasn't at British Fest. But I had an idea for something you could use for your great big awesome dun dun duns. Something. That could be the exact opposite of the horn. Let me know what you think. Too long. <laughs> the pre-Star Wars twins. That, that yeah, that's not even the uh, one that comes in the front of Star Wars era stuff films. That's uh, older than that. So maybe depending on how Dun 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 is, how long it gets. <laughs> While I love the Fox 20th Century Fox fanfare, it's always been one of my favorite pieces, especially since it was introduced to me in front of. My favorite movie, one of my favorite movies. Um, I think that might be just a tad. (laughs) (laughs) It might just be a tad too long, but I I like where you're going with that, Chris. It could almost be the first initial horn blasts. Yeah, (laughs) we could cover it. Uh, She continues. We'll consider it. We'll we'll, we'll play. We'll play with it. We'll see what we can come up. We'll mull that over. We may edit it. We'll sleep on it. I'm sure you'll talk about it, but I'm going to ask anyway, just to be certain. I'm immensely curious how this whole Saturday night who thing went down. Was it just a big room of people watching the day of the doctor and those that wanted to could tweet along on their phones? Were the tweets shown on a screen somewhere? Do you, did you do commentary or something? Just from who I saw on Twitter, it looks like it was success. Or maybe I'm woefully ignorant to how all this live tweeting with tons of people stuff works. Either way, from your Facebook and Instagram posts, it looks like you had a, all had a terrific time, and I can't wait to hear about it. So I'll shut up for now and let you get on with it. Chrissy. And that we will. And, and we will answer those questions. And answer your questions. Answer. Yes, yes, not quite so much, and yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, let's talk about British Fest. You, 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 you remember? Fun when was had by all. The British were coming, and there was that guy, and he, he, he told us about it. 
It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the ride of Paul Revere set the nation on its ear. So I, I did her around the world. <laughs> Sorry. And there's your opening piece. <laughs> <laughs> Or maybe you're closing. I don't know. <laughs> Go either way. I didn't get to partake in as much of British Fest as you guys did, so I'll go first. And I thought... I don't know. You probably took in as much as I did. Well, it's possible. Uh, I thought Moose put on a great show, especially yes. for the first year. Yes. Uh, a lot of people turned out, it looked like. Uh, it seemed to be well set up, and he uh, adjusted when necessary on issues and did a really good job with that it seemed uh because of as i mentioned before the detour we didn't get up there until uh mid-afternoon yeah late mid-afternoon like uh-huh. 1 one fifteen ish so that's it was kind of mid-afternoon yeah that's not late mid-afternoon <laughs> okay. that's actually mid-af- that actually qualifies as mid-afternoon <laughs> maybe even early mid-afternoon <laughs> So we missed some the things is that the I benchmark was... for afternoon. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. I just make sure you were clear. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> uh, there were some things I, I wish we could have sat in on, but didn't get to. But from what I can tell, it was a it was a great con. I was really imp- uh, rather impressed by the uh, vendors' room. It was small, but what I was more impressed by was the fact that everything was really affordable. From what I saw. I picked up two novelizations, which I'm sure people saw that a picture of. I got both of those for five bucks. Yeah, they were they were they were wonderfully priced. One was three dollars, one priced. was two dollars. Yep. It was really well priced. Um, and even the model, I I tweeted out a picture of only five bucks. I only spent ten dollars in the entire vendor's room, yeah. and I was thoroughly impressed by that. It was it was remarkable. I spent more. It was remarkable <laughs> how. Well, a first con ran yeah. as smoothly as it did, and I, I'll be the first to admit I didn't take on a lot of panels because I, I had family there and we were doing a lot of other things. But from the time that I was involved in the con, um, I was able to take in a few of the panels. Um, Moose has had a wonderful prop room. I thought that was just so really neat. some of the best. I mean, even even better than some of the. I mean, better than the one at Gallifrey. Even though the Gallifrey one had some really incredible stuff in it, like the Eighth Doctor console, like the uh, costumes that the, that those guys had done, um, the and Star screen Trek used, thing obviously, so, yeah, uh, yeah. authentic stuff. But the amazing thing is, this was being British Fest. This was, I mean, let's just point out he had a he had Hogwarts nine and a three quarter and three nine and three quarter platform nine and three quarters which consisted of a brick wall and a sign, but in front of it was one of those uh, luggage dollies that they use, which had luggage, very old, eccentric luggage that was very similar to what's in the films. Buckles and... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, the cage with, Hed- with Hedwig in it. Hedwig? Hedwig. Yeah, Hedwig in it. And right up there, and, and you know, Caitlin had her Doctor... Or not Doctor Who, her Harry Potter scarf, so she had to get a picture in front of that. He had uh, Bilbo and Frodo Baggins' Hobbit uh, home in. Well, it was it's Bilbo's, I guess. Frodo it's and it's, ba- it's Bag End. Yeah, Bag End. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, just that that minute, it wasn't even mentioned. It would have been scale for hobbits, <laughs> or just taller than them. Um, in there, he had a the TARDIS facade was cool. There, uh, there obviously, there's more that, that is being developed around that. 
but he didn't have a full-size TARDIS, although I don't think it would fit, <laughs> among all that other stuff. Yeah, it was the front. He had two R2 units in there that I presume he built. Yes. Uh, he had a, uh Ewok replica in there. He had... Um, Missing. Oh, he had a Dalek, Bob the Dalek. Bob Dalek. Uh, His canine. What was in the other corner across the other way? Was it just a table over there? I can't remember. Well, he had the, the, the TARDIS front. Right. The outside shell. Right. Obviously, we've all put pictures of the main event. Right, which right, was the, right. The, the TARDIS console. console, which was amazing. Amazingly done. I, I just, I, it blows me away. It was, it was better than anything... In classic Who, as far as that, those sets, you walked in there and you really felt like you were on the TARDIS. Oh, yeah. It was just, it was really, really amazing the way that he did it. The roundels in the background and the rotor, which, it, that's the thing is, we even saw a non-fully working one because he's adding to it as he goes. There'll be more uh, uh, sounds that will be included. The, the rotor will actually move, which it doesn't do yet. Uh, what was the other thing that he was said that was he was working on? Um, more walls. He's going to do walls. the the view screen. Yeah. Yes, and that's the right. doors. That's right. The view screen and the doors. Just, but what he has done with it is just already mind blowing. Just how well it was done and how cool it. Looked. And, and it wasn't like there was just one button. There were like three or four oh, yeah. buttons and that did different things and moved and made yeah. sounds. And I opened the door in flight and. <laughs> <laughs> How you got rid of Salamander? <laughs> well, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He said he said he's actually got all of the sounds already loaded into it. They're just not all programmed to specific right. switches or anything yet. But it, it does everything the original console. Because there's a button that does a cloister bell, and then another one. Because <laughs> you need a button for that. <laughs> another one that that is familiar sound. Does the wee? Yeah, that noise. <laughs> and then other ones that you were yeah, pushing you that I threw some that were yeah. on there as well. Yeah, just an, an, an incredible, incredible prop. Yeah. It was so cool. Um, so the prop room was incredible. I, I agree. The dealer's floor, the dealer's room was, or the vendor's room was really, really cool. I, I, I went in there not I expecting like a handful of tables yeah. with a few items. I went in there and they had book vendors. They had. Uh, Merchandise in there. They had a lot of crafting stuff that people made. Did you see the Dalek soaps and the Tardis soaps that somebody had made? Uh, or were they soaps or candles? I can't remember. I think they were soaps. I think they were soaps. And uh, just, I mean, just wall to wall. It was laid posters. out. Really well it was laid out for for such a small room because it wasn't huge. It oh, was it yeah. was one of those you know small hotel convention rooms, but it was mapped out well. Doing the the full circle, going around. They all, everybody in there was so friendly. All the vendors were just super friendly. I mean, we, you, you find a lot of friendly vendors at the bigger cons, but a lot of times they they just feel like they've just been there and they're working so hard that you don't get a lot of time to talk with it's them. It's a job. And, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Here, here you could tell they were just sitting there enjoying themselves and, and were willing to talk to you and t- tell you about the merchandise. They really had a chance to sell at this one. Is what they what yeah. uh, version I got, which isn't a bad thing. It's it's a good thing. No, absolutely not. Um, so that was cool. I thought that I think the, 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 my only complaint, and this isn't any fault of the organizers or Moose at all, is it was. I think they were expecting three hundred people, and for the size of area we had for the convention, it would have been, been fine. fine for three hundred yeah. people. But you said that final results were well, about six hundred fifty. Six fifty-five is what they're posting as the unofficial final number at this point. And at this point, at that point in the con, it felt like. We were overcrowding that area, yeah. yeah. Because we had, you know, the gaming area was obviously there, and we're, and the artist alley were there in the um, 
what would be where uh, if you go to any hotel the, the and they have the breakfast, yeah. the continental breakfast area. We were in there taking part of that, and the gaming was taking the other part. Um, so it, it, it what started out when I first got there and walked around was manageable, and then it kind of started to feel a little claustrophobic because there were so many people. But, but yay, because yeah, what, what, what that a problem tells me, to have. Yeah, yeah, what a problem to have, because what that tells me is that, A, it was a success, B, that people were enjoying themselves being there and more and more were coming. And C, it's it's looking ahead to the future on, on where this can develop. That's a good way to start because then you can grow from there. And I think that, that that's very helpful. I, I agree. I think it would – my only complaint would be that, that just the hotel was too small. They didn't expect that many number, no, that yeah. number of people. And then in the future, knowing that, well, he needs to find someplace bigger. And I think putting – if, if he could maybe get four rooms or five, one for gaming, one for guests in Artist Alley, two panel rooms, and then the vendor room, I think would be an ideal setup for this con. Yeah. Something that was encouraging, too, and I don't know if I can say this, but he, I think Moose kind of told us this, knowing that it wasn't a, it's not certainly not, it's far from a done deal, but... Knowing that, that there's going to be an attempt to get a Who guest next year, yeah, very. He's definitely planning yeah. a sequel. Yeah. yeah, and this is. I mean, he's he had two um, ballrooms that they did the panels in, and they were programming for, full. For some of them, yeah, very yeah. full. Not yeah. not just for, for people, but just yes. programming. Oh yeah, there it was, was so wall much to wall program from the moment the con yeah. opened, going all the way up until well, when we finished our Saturday night Who. At one thirty in the morning, whenever it was, the other panel room was still going on. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, we actually pushed a few minutes late because of the the other panel going over. So you know, constant nonstop program. <laughs> and our panel. glitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think that's that's something else he can probably maybe adjust and improve on is making sure the room monitors know to end the panels a little early. The, like the panels need to be 40, 40, Four, 40 eight, to fifty yeah. minutes. Yeah, forty five, forty six. Yeah, forty five. Forty-five to fifty. Minutes. There you go. That's what I'm looking for. Um, yeah, I agree. Um, just for the listeners, so they know what some of the panels were. Which I, I did, was the most amazing thing is when you think British fest, you think, "What are they going to do?" You know. But they had they had a Spice Girls panel. They had Doctor Who 101, which was some guys talking just basics of Doctor Who and introducing people and talking to people about uh, Doctor Who. They had Torchwood panels. Uh, they had a panel called Con Horror Stories, which I wish I could have gone and said in because I, I think it would be kind of enjoyable to hear people talk about the, some of those you know, mishaps and bad experiences in, in conventions. They had a Monty, uh, Monty Python's Flying Circus panel, How to Drink, Train Your ja- Dragon, a very Potter panel. So, I mean, it ran the gamut. Uh, Lord Simon of the Rings, Pegg James Simon Pegg, James Bond, um, the villains several, of James Bond. Several different that. Doctor Whos. Yeah. Uh, Tammy Wimey Puppet Show, which... We'll talk about too because Sean. Now we're adding one person Yay! getting the season. Sadly, that was his last show I, I mean, because yeah. now he'll revamp it for the next con circuit. So and it'll be an entirely one. different I'll see show. The new one. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was what I got. To, I missed out on because we ended up arriving. Well, by the time so you got late. checked in and got your badges and everything, it, the doors were already closed, yeah. and it sounds like it was standing oh, room. It was, anyways, it was only. standing room. I'm standing so room glad Sean got a seat for Mason though, because that poor kid would not have seen. <laughs> we just happened that there was we were up against the, the wall and there was one seat kind of down front and I kind of waved <laughs> got Caitlin's attention it's like yo get your dad <laughs> there's a seat over here come here <laughs> so they came running over and sat and then Glenn joined us up against the wall and but yeah it, uh, and, and the funny thing of course was that we told Moose it was like Tommy Wimey puppet show yeah put him in the big room 
Oh, yeah, he's, he's going to do two shows. No, 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 no. Put him in the big room. <laughs> Trust us on the. From what I saw, it seemed like the two rooms were room. pretty much the same size. I, well, what they did is apparently for like when Mark Ryan, who was kind of the media guest, yeah. the, different. They, yeah. they, they, they they took that middle partition out right. and just had one, you know, one thing. So otherwise, with the partition in, it was about the same size room. Yeah, they yeah. split it. Now, yeah, yeah. It split one large room into two smaller yeah. rooms. Yeah, but. Um, but yeah, timey wimey, I, I definitely think he's more. It was Which so thing? wonderful to see it finally, <laughs> you know, because I'd made that comment. It was like I'd been to, and I, I told, I, um, I told Mike, I was like, this is the third con that I've been at that you've been at, and I still haven't seen your show. So I adamant that I'm going this time. <laughs> and we were sitting at our table, and I happened to look down the hall, and the line had started, and it was like, okay, I'm going to go stand in this line because I'm not missing the show. And even standing in line, I got in line, I thought, fairly early, and we were up against the wall. So, you know, it just, uh, it was wonderful. It didn't occur to me how many people are ahead of us. Also, not to mention, I think they, they don't clear the rooms there as well. So I wonder if a good chunk of them were already in that room as well. I wonder, yeah. The, yeah. Or, or, or maybe if the people might, because there was that kind of circular area, I wonder maybe if some people lined well, up on the other I side as well. I noticed as we came this way, I saw people coming from the other way, so there might have been two lines F- funneling, funneling into that, that yeah. But uh, and James was there as well, and I think James was very dubious uh, about this because you talked it up. I talked it up. Mello talked it up. You got to come see the, t- the puppet show. And when you say that, you have to come see the puppet show. <laughs> There's this kind of automatic. Okay, and you you set expectations at a certain point. That uh, what am I getting into with this? And James came out of going. Oh my God! That was—it was funny. It was fun. It was well put together. The guy is not some flash in the pan with a sock puppet. Yeah. He's a professional <laughs> puppeteer, and um, you know he was really, really impressed with it to the point where he went back the next day for the, and, for and, the and saw the more of the behind-the-scenes yeah. chat panel that he put on and said it was just as interesting. Hmm. Um, yeah, I would have loved to have been able to sit on that. I'll give you—I'll give you a spoiler. That I don't know if he's actually going to use it or not, but apparently there were there were a lot of really good um, puns thrown around in the audience during that second one, uh, to which Mike replied he was going to have to start writing them all down. Because somebody <laughs> asked him, they said, uh, you know, do Oods have children? And he took it seriously and went, I, I don't know. We didn't cover that in the episode, so I don't know if there are children or not. And the member in the audience said, yeah, they do. They're called Oodles. <laughs> <laughs> And he got his scratch pad out and started writing. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it's just it's just a wonderful. It, it just works so well. Now there were we had technical problems with ours. There were technical problems with his, and I think that was one of the things that really showed. I had a technical problem all weekend. Yeah. <laughs> the, the the level to which he was able to adapt and deal yeah. with it, you know. Um, so the listener knows the fire alarms were broken. Oh. And they were going off all day, and they happened to go off in the middle of the Timey Wimey Puppet Show. Multiple times. And he <laughs> rolled with the bunches and just powered right through it with no yeah. problem. Made jokes about it and continued on. And I should yeah. say, just, just to jump the story, we got there Thursday night, and we're awakened at 1230 to the fire alarms going off. And we didn't know what to do. We all got up, got dressed, and clothes on. We're getting ready to have the door, and I noticed on the door it says, if the fire's not in your room, stay in your room. If it is, feel the door and go to safety. And my thought was, I'm on the seventh floor. I am not going to stay in my room no matter where this fire is. <laughs> so I, we, we checked the hall. There's no smoke, no nothing going on. So Holly said, well, I'm going to call down to the front real quick. So she called down to ask for sure what we need to do. And they said, well, 
we're checking on something, but we do believe that the fire alarm was tripped, but it's not an actual fire. So we waited for just a little bit. I finally decided I'm going to go down and find out what's going on. I went downstairs and found out that uh, somebody had pulled the fire alarm. So, okay, great, no problem. Went off three more times within probably 20 minutes, and then it was done. And I thought, okay, they got it taken care of. At one thirty or one forty-five, we were awakened again by a fire alarm overnight. So we thought it was done. We thought everything was fine and fixed. And Friday night at twelve thirty and one forty-five, <laughs> we were again awakened by the fire alarm. Apparently, what had happened is a baseball team was there Thursday. They had pulled it initially and broke it. So what happened then on Saturday is the reason it kept going off is because they were working on the fire yeah. alarm and they had to Trying every to time yeah to reset it or fix it they had to it had to go off occasionally and so that's what kept happening on Saturday anyway nobody probably cares about that but I wanted everybody to share in my anguish <laughs> of being awakened four times overnight and then interrupted during panels on Saturday. <laughs> because of the through, through no fault of of Moose or the convention oh, owners or, just, or this, even the hotel, this I random mean, baseball yeah. team, the kid decided to pull. And this is the this is the thing. And I, and I made this comment that I, I literally believe I'm somewhere in the neighborhood of fifty percent. Fifty percent of the time I'm in a hotel, the fire alarm goes off. <laughs> I literally it's only ever happened to me one other time. So. I literally am to the point where I ignore it. I don't hear them because I know somebody pulled an alarm, yeah. and. It it dawned it dawned on me this week that how dangerous is that attitude? I'm gonna, <laughs> My kids slept through it the second night. I'm the, gonna, the second time they heard it at twelve thirty, but they didn't hear it. At I'm going to die in a fire in a hotel. I I'm going to tell you. Right I just now. laid there at one forty five and thought, yeah, if there's a fire, I guess somebody will come get me. I was to the point where I was, you know, because we were so tired Friday night after it went off during the, the the band that when we went upstairs and they had commented that they'd been having problems with it. And I thought, I'm going to disable it. I'm just going <laughs> to yank the thing off the wall so that it doesn't. And Mel's like, you can't do that. I was like, yeah, I can. I was like, I'm pretty sure you can. I said, no, no, don't do that. So, But, yeah, it, it, was, it was funny to see anyway, how so he. Anyway, so Mike, tell me why. It was funny to see how he rolled with yeah, it and, 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 and did his it. stuff. Um, wonderful puppets. He had a, a, I, I'd seen, obviously, some of the doctor puppets and things. Um, the silence looked great. Um, is the silence new? I, seen I think the silence might one. be relatively new. He was at the. He was, was, the, yeah, he was playing Comic Con. Um, he had a Dalek. Actually, the, the the show, say maybe one or two comments in it, was exactly the same. I think he used four a little more than he did at uh, at playing Comic Con. Sorry, I think he was new at four. If I remember, he was, he new, was at new at four. He, he was, was four was yeah, new at, at playing Comic Con. Yes. Um, but yeah, just he, he was a delight. It was a wonderful show, and everybody came out of that just grinning ear to ear. And you know, yes, there's there's your typical bad puns and things that you expect in a puppet show. But then it, it has that added element of well, the referential humor with Doctor the Who coolness to it. Panned in a chair, and the reference to that. And I guess we can talk about all this now because hopefully the show will be completely revamped and won't be spoiled on anything. Um, the Last Chance Saloon being used in the... Hey, uh, you had to have a squee moment there. <laughs> Man, that was awesome. <laughs> Even the second time around, I went... <laughs> the, yeah, the, the, the song they ended on. Uh, he was doing... Was a, in the middle a, end of the end. D- doing a spoof of uh, American Idol at one, one of these shows. <sighs> and uh, the, the, the first doctor gets out there to kind of show him how it's done and begins singing <laughs> one, of the court, one of the verses of Last Chance Saloon. Yeah. And I just went, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Who mines this far back for material? That guy does. Yeah, That's how yeah. cool it was. Obviously, so. Mike. Mike. Mike knows his stuff. He's and, and that's the other thing is 
he is a recent convert to Doctor Who. It's, he hasn't been with it for years. It wasn't until he was doing the puppet show, or was doing puppets, that somebody got him into Doctor Who, and then they kind of were discussing it and said, hey, this would make a good show. Well, Mike then started mining material from the classics, got into the classics, and that's where he started picking up a lot of this old stuff and, and has become a fan of the show because of going to it to find material, and now he's a fan of the show and even the classic series, yeah. and, and he finds those little things that are nice. that are iconic, you know, fan moments, and, and recognizes those and, and incorporates them into the show. Nice. Yeah, that was cool. But modernizes and makes it. My kids are nonstop now watching his videos on YouTube. The converts? The, yeah, they're huge convert, <laughs> converts. They loved it. I wish I knew they would. That's why I made them go. But... <laughs> <laughs> Parenting. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you, if I'd have known I wouldn't have had to pay for Holly, I would have had her come in and see the show as well. But it was kind of rough. You know, she's she's not a con person. There wasn't enough there to interest her to pay the $15 for the day in order to go. So uh, I, it would have been a $15 puppet show for her. <laughs> <laughs> Still worth it, probably. I, I think so. I think she might have liked it as well. Although now she's watching them on YouTube with the kids. So. And then um, we did the... Uh, the Doctor Who belly dancing. Do, do you want to talk about the publisher? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. We'll briefly, talk about about Lars, yeah. briefly, we should talk about Lars. Um, well, that was the other thing I did this week. Right I, finished, I finished Chicks, Chicks did, did Time Lords. It's over here. Yeah. Oh, it is over here. What's his name? Lars. <laughs> you better check in this one. Lars, um, <laughs> who, who is the editor-in-chief at Mad Norwegian Press, one of the guests that were there. Lars Pearson. Pearson, Pearson. thank Pearson. you. Couldn't think of his name. And he, he did a panel on uh, Doctor Who Publishing, which unfortunately I missed because of the time we came down and we're getting set up and, you know, our, our new banner and everything. Um, I, I caught just the hind end of it. And he intrigued me immensely from a, a question that, that somebody asked him about, what's your favorite episode? And he kind of rolled his eyes and said, well, nobody's going to have this answer. But he launched into it anyway. And he said, if you break it up, my favorite episode of Classic Who is The Greatest Show in the Galaxy. He says, honestly, I think that the last season of Sylvester McCoy is probably the best season ever that the show's ever done. But he says, I like The Greatest Show in the Galaxy. And for New Who, it's Gridlock. Now, immediately, you throw those two answers out there, and I'm thinking to myself, (laughs) you either don't know anything about Who, or you're on to something that I haven't caught on to yet. And he elaborated it's with the latter. <laughs> yeah, he, he elaborated with Gridlock that what he likes about the show is he likes it to surprise him. And watching Gridlock, he had no idea what was going on through the whole thing. He was enjoying it, but he had no idea where they were going with it until the end when all was revealed and it all made sense. And he went, "Oh, that's so cool! I get it now." That, that, that he was legitimately surprised by that episode, and that's why he lists that as his number one. It's like that's a valid reason. I'll buy that. Sure, sure. But uh, he, he made the comment about the belly dancers. He, he, he was talking about, go see the other Doctor Who panels. There's a puppet show. There's a this. There's Doctor Who belly dancers. And there was kind of this Twitter from the, in the crowd. He goes, I know, right? But you have to go look. Because it could be awesome. It could be horrible. But you still have to go at least look. <laughs> and that was my sentiment going into it. Because I, I thought, Doctor Who. And I actually kind of giggled a little bit. Doctor Who belly dancers. Oh, come on. I mean, you know, everybody has their fandom. But. I went into this thing skeptical of what I was going to think of it, or not what I think of it, skeptical of whether I would enjoy it. I was blown away, guys. I don't know what you guys think about it, but I was fascinated by the, this idea of these 
incredible talented dancers that did belly dance routines to a lot of different Doctor Who, and they were choreographed and they were staged in ways that I mean they they went along with a lot of the scenes and they had Doctor they had different Who. doctors and companions. Um, they 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 told stories within the skits. It was a lot. There the were, dancing I, was varied quite a bit. I, I think there was there was there was some quite belly dancing I mean, and a lot of yeah. interpretive dance. But it, it, it was worked more, for it the was way. more interpretive dance, I think, than belly dancing. Yeah. Well, there, see, I mean, there was definitely some belly dancing. Oh well, yeah. I think you know, it was all belly, belly dancing, dancing. But I think it was all belly dancing. There's just more all of it, it was because I, that's the problem. Is our idea of belly dancing is what we've seen in film, in yeah, James Bond, in James films, Bond and films, things like that, <laughs> and that's just them shaking their bellies. But if you, I've seen more. Belly dancing, just that, and it really is an art. I mean, there was a lot, a lot of the things they did, oh, yeah, sure. a lot of that Asian Middle Eastern um, uh, movements and things that. I don't think it's the strict idea of belly dancing. No. Agreed, but I think what it is is it, it's it's belly dancing with interpretation. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes, okay. absolutely. I don't think it, I wouldn't call it interpretive dance. I'd call it belly dancing with interpretation, and that's what they did. And I think that that. I was I was amazed. I I really walked out of there with this big smile on my face, going, "That was quite entertaining." Yeah, I was mesmerized the whole time watching these ladies do these incredible dance moves, and as you said, varying it up and be and, and things were very different. Because really, and, I, not, I don't know about and, and, and just for, for for the listeners who maybe haven't gone and looked at the photos that have been posted yet. Mesmerized, not from necessarily the reason you might be thinking. No, at no, home. no, 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 because that's another stigma that I think belly dancing has. Yes, yeah. is the, the eroticism and all, and and the the scant, scantily clad and and, and, and all of these gals you know, had full costume. Um, they were very um, what's uh, what's the look? I'm uh, I don't want to say Oriental. I'm not trying to be offensive, but kind of that that old Asian, that ancient Asian kind of the the, the or, uh, not even Asian, like Persian uh, Persian puffy pants. Yeah, kind yeah, of, those yeah. kind of pants flowing, and flowing yeah. and loose clothing and the the uh, uh, little jingles around the hips. The the eleventh Doctor had those, and I think the fourth Doctor, the gal that was doing yeah, the fourth Doctor stuff, did. had those as well. And the TARDIS. Um, and just, I mean, it was it was really mesmerizing to watch their movements and just how fluid everything really was. And I just, I, it's one of those things that you, you you go into a fandom and there there are just even within the individual fandoms there are so many different avenues for expression. And this was one more avenue for expression. And I was blown away by it. And I was actually I felt ashamed for myself of having. One conception of what it was going to be, and coming out of there going, "Wow, I completely was blown away," and I I feel bad that I thought one thing of it, and you know was joyful that I came out of it with a new experience. It was it was completely not what I was expecting, and I think it was extremely well done. Uh, if I was going to nitpick, I think it was a tad long. I think that's definitely one of those panels that probably would have benefited from shortening up a little bit to that 45-minute length that you talked about earlier. Or even 30, and then having questions posed. Because it would be interesting to hear. That's what I would have liked as well. Or or even another panel with them. Talking about how they came to this. The interest and why why they do it and what brought them to bring Doctor Who as as an element in belly dancing. I just, yeah, I would have liked to have gotten more, a bit of a QA and a with them, but... Unfortunately, they were gone before we got a chance yeah. to interview them too for the show. They all disappeared. We'll, 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 we'll see if we can track them down and do it. But they, just they, the, they, I they really want to know into the smoke, the, <laughs> back the, into the genie the, bottle. The, the, the lady that was playing the fourth Doctor. I really want to know where she got that scarf because she comes out and she's wearing a scarf. 
And it looks like a scarf. And it looks like, it looks a, like the yeah. fourth it's, it's a gauzy, but it looks like a Tom Baker scarf. And then in one of her twirl moves, she pulls it off her shoulder and kind of gives it this <laughs> move. And the thing unfolded, and you realized it was like a veil yeah. scarf. Mm-hmm. It was this big, it was huge. huge. Yeah. And it was still striped all the way down the yeah. thing. It had to have been, I don't know, tie-dyed or made or... Custom-made, I would think. Oh, probably custom-made. I mean, surely you... It was definitely striped, though. It yeah. Oh, yeah. It yeah. I mean, how do you walk into a shop and go, that one? <laughs> That's what I need. Yeah. I mean, it was the just... The right color pattern. I mean, it wasn't exactly the colors. No, but, but it just... You looked at it went Tom Baker's scarf. It looked like Tom yeah. Baker's scarf. It was amazing. So, yeah, there was so much so much win in that one that really surprised yeah. us. I was I was. I, and I also really liked the... They did a dance and nice little storytelling to a parody video or song that I had never heard before. <laughs> I found it online. By yeah, the way. so did I you? afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> I enjoyed it. Uh, they danced to Robin Thicke's Blurred Lines, but the it lyrics are changed. Version. It was a parody version to Timelines. Yeah. And it was really well done. And it having well never done. heard the song, the song and the dancing together, that was the best part of the whole, oh, yeah. the whole thing yeah. for me. What's the other thing is it wasn't all the same type of music either. Yeah. It was different moods and different feels, and they had the fun ones, and they had the more you know intimate, serious uh, dances, and uh, you know they, they integrated comedy with just you know serious drama. Well, and they had and, instrumental pieces that yeah. sounded a little bit more like what you would kind of think traditional belly dancing might be, followed and, immediately by what sounded like a Tim Burton soundtrack score, followed immediately by you know stuff right Robin from Thicke. Doctor Who. Yeah, and, and, yeah, and, yeah. yeah they. Tweet theme song several different times. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was that was definitely one of the highlights of the weekend, which is something that I totally wasn't expecting anything from, mm-hmm. and really wound up enjoying. And it, the, the, the nice thing too is is that it could have easily been belly dancers in costume dancing to science fiction Doctor Who songs, but it it also went another level deeper and encompass the spirit of the show. Yeah. yeah. Because, you know what I mean? Because, I mean, it was, it, they, they, they had all of the different themes from, from especially the new era, but some from the classic era. They had, you know, the, the Dalek, the, the weeping angel, the, 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 <laughs> the girl, that, just the one part she had, the little girl that walked across with the mask <laughs> The empty on. child. Yeah, the empty child. Um, just, it, it was, that was the neat thing is, was, it was like, they're true fans of the show yeah. because it came across in the fact that it, they they knew the material. Well, you had doctors, you had companions, you yeah. had villains. There were chases and escapes and 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 you even, know even a regeneration, re- regeneration. Yeah, which regeneration the regeneration was really neat. Ten to eleven was cool with the uh, although the, I, the big giant. Fan I, I do think thing. it would have been kind of neater if they didn't gold. Yeah, of that. Instead I wonder that blue too, and red. It was blue and red for but. some reason. Uh, whatever. That's what color is available at the shop. Yeah, I guess. Well, well, we because, got the scarf. Because so. Mike was using the uh, gold uh, <laughs> tinsley thing. <laughs> for, <laughs> well, that fell out of his thing. Spoilers, that's what that is. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was just it was just about, it, it made me wish that I'd been able to, to kind of visit and stop into some more of the different paneling programming. I mean, I kind of poked my head in here and yeah, there. Yeah. Um, and I could find the time too. I yeah, mean, just, there was a lot going. on. There was on. a lot going on. And something on. that James commented that I kind of agree with. He said he said he had a, a lot more fun than he thought he was going to have. I mean, he knew it would be cool and interesting, and he bought the weekend pass. But he kind of he did the con the way that I used to do cons. When you go to some of these smaller Star Trek cons, is you'd go and you'd hit the dealer's room and you'd hit the couple of panels that you wanted, and then you'd leave, and you'd go find something else to do 
culturally or historically important to you because you were in that back, town. And, and then you'd yeah. come back. And that's how he did it. But he wound up staying. Oh, that's twice. Sorry, listeners. For a lot <laughs> more than he thought car. he would um, just because he, he kind of kept being roped back in and being reengaged by it. But uh, the one thing that he said is that he kind of wished that it hadn't been quite as media-focused British yeah, and yeah. a little more cultural. Yeah, sure. I can and, see and, that. and I can see that. And, yeah. and, I, and we made the comment uh, as we were leaving. I said, well, here's an idea. You, you, you do tea time. There needs to be like a 3 o'clock tea time where everything sure, stops. You do tea and, and, and biscuits and whatnot. And uh, the security guard goes, well, we did that. We did that on Saturday. And I thought, really? He goes, yeah, oh. 3 o'clock. And I'm like, I was sitting at the table getting ready to go into Timey Wimey. <laughs> so where, where, where did I miss the tea at? <laughs> But it wasn't on the schedule because there was yeah. Apparently, it should time. have been on the schedule. Well, they apparently, they apparently had tea time, huh. but they had uh, Quidditch, they had yeah. fencing, yeah. they had cosplay chess, cosplay chess. <laughs> um, there was a video game trailer out back. Did you guys ever get yeah, to go back there? Yeah, I saw it. I didn't go in. Um, they they had uh, miniature train rides. I mean, they, yeah, it was it was yeah. a, it was a nice, impressive collection of things to do yeah. uh, at, at this con that, that all in, in some way should perform. And in a way, the the, the lousy weather because we I mean we had rain roll through. Oh over yeah, and over oh, and over again. we had it decent days, but we had the yeah we had that overcast skies. Yeah, we had the, it was very British weather. Wanted, yeah, yeah, and really the storms helped the con. I think it kept people at the con yeah. inside the hotel instead Certainly. of going out and exploring Omaha. Certainly. Yeah, I say lousy weather. I didn't mean lousy, yeah. but I mean so we should talk about Saturday Night Who real quick and then move on to the schedule. So. We probably should talk about Saturday Night Who. So um, Saturday <laughs> to answer Chrissy's questions from I don't know an hour ago. Saturday night we we did a special live version of our Friday Night Who Saturday night with Day of the Doctor and thank you all for 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 joining in and making us feel. Not so lonely. <laughs> um, and it went very well. Uh, we were a little apprehensive, I think, going into it because we weren't sure, A, if we were going to be able to pull off what we wanted, and B, would it still work in that kind of setting versus in your jammies at mm-hmm. home on the couch. Uh, we had about two two dozen people in the room. Yeah, yeah I counted 25. A little more than two dozen people. So about a, what, probably a quarter of the ballroom of that particular... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, and uh, we had which at midnight on a little more than a Saturday afternoon, a little more than a quarter, 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 a little yeah, more than a quarter, yeah. um, about third. Yeah, I would say third, almost a third. So we had half the room. Yeah, a little more than a quarter. <laughs> the room was almost full. Less than half there. <laughs> we, we had uh, we had one projector that was showing Day of the Doctor, and we had a second projector brought in on a second screen with uh, the tweet stream that was pulled up. And so so they could have that on the screen. Brittany and Chrissy and who else joined us that Dan. Dan and guess what? Rachel. You were all at the con with us. You were all <laughs> at the con Everybody in that room could see your tweets. And, and you know, they were reading along. And we, we tried to, to kind of, anytime I would hear somebody, and we, we encouraged people, because it, it was billed as a mystery science theater, which we kind of wanted to... Mm, yes and no. Yeah, I mean, right. uh, uh, mystery science theater is scripted and and funny, <laughs> and we frequently are not. Uh, certainly not scripted. Um, but <laughs> we kind of wanted to shy people away from. Don't expect maybe this, but we kind of explained what was going on. But then told them, you know, and, if and you the crowd seems very receptive. Yeah, to they, the they, idea see, they seemed really good with the idea. And I told them, you know, if you have something that you want to say, and you, I think you guys both echoed that. If you come up with something, shout it out. We'll see if we right. get on there. And I didn't get to do as much of that as maybe I wanted um, from from that standpoint, just replying to things that this is what right. the audience is, is doing. But they were really into it. Admittedly, too, Day of the Doctor is such an engaging yeah. and involved episode. <laughs> I found myself about three-quarters of the way going, 
Oh, I haven't tweeted it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's 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 almost hard to come up with material on that yeah. one to throw out there because you just get sucked into it and you're like, yeah. uh, and the drool starts. But um, but uh, we, we we and several people. Uh, James was there with his laptop, oh. but several people there were people in the audience in the audience that hopped on their yep. phones and tweeted yeah. along with us. Yeah. Which was great. I think I saw like three or four people. Yep. Uh, from I noticed that I didn't well. recognize. And I'm not following them. <laughs> Me too. I haven't gone back and booted that up. I oh. need to. Um, but yeah, so I, I think it, I think it went really well, and it, it's kind of a, a a nice template for what I think we would like to do at, at cons maybe going forward. That I, like I would to agree. Set it's a good like test run. Um, maybe on a little bigger scale too, and and technically setting up better than we did. Although, remarkably, that worked out a lot better than I envisioned in my head. So, yeah. um, But I think technically and, and, it would be even better. And very much special thanks yeah. to the guys at the hotel who scrambled around and came up with another so screen for us. Again, again. But just and kudos to those guys. And, and, and the guys that, that were and part of British Fest who found the projector and the cable and, and, and making it work yeah. the way that, that we had hoped that it would. Agreed. So, um, We've got some things that we want to tweak with it, I think, the next time that we do it. But and as and as far as those who joined in and noticed the glitch, oh, yeah. how how they had it set up was a laptop was hooked up to the uh, projector and then hooked up to an amp. Yeah, the audio was the audio like was an actual guitar. guitar amp. Like yeah. the audio was going through an actual guitar amp, and so the problem is we were only getting channel two audio, so we were getting the music. We we're only getting half the yeah, half of the audio. Half the audio. So we were trying to figure that out, and that's why. We ended up starting over. We got it fixed, and the computer got bumped and accidentally it restarted. Down, so yeah, so we kicked the drawer out. And That's then it why some of you got roughly two and a half to three minutes ahead of us. So we apologize for that. We tried to we tried to catch you up and say, "Well, this is where we're at now," but then we just kind of went from there. And yeah, it was going to get worked. We still worked. Anyway, you you should be all ashamed of yourselves for all those spoilerish tweets you sent out right at the end when, when it's getting dramatic and you're like, oh, there's Tom Baker, and it's like, I'm not to him yet. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. There was one guy that came up to us after the after we were done and said he was late and wished he could have made it because he hadn't, hadn't seen, seen it yet. It, yeah, he thought we were at one o'clock. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he was well. That, that guy. There was one. There were apparently a couple people that thought we were at one. Um, just to a. a the way the grid was the, set up. The way the grid was set up. The grid in the, the program wasn't the best. Um, but For the, us. The, the, the rest of it was The guy cool. that commented at the end, apparently he was across the street at another hotel doing something. Yeah. And a friend of his was over here going, you've got to come see this. They're doing this, and they're doing that. And so he came running over oh, wow. and joined midstream and stayed for the rest of it and then admitted that he hadn't seen it yet, but he's seen the end of it now. So we were like, well, you got to go buy it tomorrow. He goes, oh, yeah, I'm going to I'm, I'm go buy it tomorrow. <laughs> so that was that was really kind of cool. cool. But um, people seemed really excited and enthused by it. So we, we may have a larger Friday Night Who family yeah. uh, coming up in the not so near future. I, I know one, one person at least direct messaged me asking – Specifics about Friday Night Who, so hopefully we'll have at least one new person. And going forward, hopefully we can do it again. Hopefully she's a new listener too. And if you are, if you found us at, at British Fest, and this is your your first one, we apologize for the long <laughs> running length of how our weekend went. But we want to welcome you to the show and and officially say uh, this is kind of how it works. <laughs> and we did spend some time at a table and talking to people that came by and and those that came by and found us that way. Thank you, and hopefully we'll. Hopefully we won't disappoint. <laughs> Hopefully not. Let's move on and talk about what's coming up on the schedule real quick. Close um, the show out. I owe everybody an apology. I have not yet posted the schedule. I told them that I would get it up, and it's not. Um, yeah, but I week. will do it. 
uh, and, and get it up for you. But just so that everybody knows, we're back to Fridays. <laughs> so there is, there is no Saturday who. It's Friday night at midnight, which, yes, I know, technically means Saturday morning. And if you'd like to project our tweets onto your wall at home, feel free to do so. <laughs> Let us know what cable you're using. <laughs> um, but uh, we're going to do the first three episodes of The Seeds of Doom. It is Doom, right? Mm-hmm. It's not yes. death. Seeds of Doom. Tom Baker, fourth season, uh, fourth season, fourth Doctor episode with him and Sarah Jane and the <laughs> Crinoid. No problem with fours tonight. <laughs> um, and so we're going to do the first three episodes of that. We're splitting it into two weeks because it's so long. Our show next week, we are going to have uh, our review of the last season of the Sarah Jane Adventures. So if you haven't started those yet, you do need to get on them. But of course, there's only what six episodes, so we're talking realistically three hour long mm-hmm. uh, adventures there. Uh, that'll be our discussion for next week. The following week, we're finishing up Seeds of Doom, and then we are having our in-memoriam tribute to Elizabeth Sladen, who we lost during the course of this podcast, and we thought maybe Early we needed to, we needed to start acknowledging. Um, not that we haven't, but uh, right, right. you know, celebrating. Well, sometimes it's, it's yeah, people. it's it's nice to celebrate the lives of those that, uh, especially a companion that touched me the first time. So yeah. Yeah, that was my first companion too. So. And more good things to come, which I will post later. So, all right. Is there anything else we need to talk about before we close this show out? No, I think we're. I think we're fine. I think we've run long enough. <laughs> I think we're good. Even I think we're good. <laughs> all right. That's going to do it for this week. Until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Don't blink. Associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied. Just ask Donna. She won't remember. Sorry. I'm so sorry. Okay, now that was close. Try to.